Yeah. So yeah, and you're allergic to cats, so you might yeah. be. Uh, That's the thing is, uh, I, it hasn't affected me yet, but there's a very good chance that I could uh, completely lose it mm. and be, have to be rushed to the hospital. It's no big deal. Yeah, I think that the the volcano's gonna bypass all that and put it in order for you. <laughs> is it a breathing thing, or is it do you get swollen? Breathing, up? eyes, uh, throat closes the whole thing. Oh shit! Yeah. Mouth to mouth resuscitation might be no, necessary. I think I might have to in other that. words, he's a pussy. Well, that's the thing. That's what a large part of my act has become about. <laughs> allergies? <laughs> Me, like, talking to a cholo, but I have allergies. <laughs> you know, like, was, no, I do, um, like, a couple different stories that I have is a cholo soccer dad that mm-hmm. I'm talking about and uh, stuff like that. It's all about me having allergies in front of black people. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling genetically life. inferior. Yeah. Hey, sorry. No, here's a fascinating thing that I read about the uh, H1N1 virus, that flu virus. They're saying now that the people that survived it, the people that got it and survived it, they have like super immune systems now. And now they don't get any flus. They don't get any of the flus. It's like, and they, they think that they may be able to come up with a universal vaccine for flus based on the H1N1. Wow. Based on the people that survived it. Yeah. Pretty fascinating shit, man. Yeah, use them all. It was a motherfucker of a flu. The thing about those flus is they're getting better. They're getting stronger. They evolve just like everything else evolves. And when these assholes take their fucking medicine, they don't take it all. Especially this is especially true about antibiotics. People who get sick and they take antibiotics and they only they only take it for like until they feel better. Like say if you're supposed to take it for ten days, the the bacteria that survive is like super powerful antibiotic resistant bacteria. So that becomes like this strain that's almost impossible to kill. That's where this MRSA shit comes from. You know, the people are dying from these crazy staph infections. It's because assholes don't take their fucking pills. They take like a, a percentage of them and then they quit and they develop this new fucking super virus because of that. These cunts. Stupid. So you got to finish all your medication. Finish your medication, bitches. Yeah. You don't, you're not smarter than the scientists <laughs> who created this shit. So what we're asking yeah. people to do is uh, use the flashlight. Yes. Juice Beat off into that shit. Use your medication. Take the, all of it. Take all, all right? that shit. I'm really bad at that. I admit it. Like I get down to the I last one off. or two, and yeah, Shouldn't I, do I'm that. just as guilty as anybody else. Yeah. For humanity, for humanity, take that shit. They should give two yeah. extra just so I don't take those oh two. Oh my god, they should treat you like a child. You know what I mean? God, I'd be yeah. bad at birth control, but yeah, yeah. they should do. Like, yeah. Oh, you'd be pregnant. For <laughs> yeah, sure. I would be totally knocked up. Yeah, for sure. Abortions all day long. You know, they say that a big supply of pharmaceutical drugs are in the water. The water supply, there's yeah. not a big supply, but a big percentage, like, you know, there's measurable amounts of everything, everything from antidepressants to birth control in pills. In the water supply? Yeah, because people yeah. flush their shit. People uh. flush their stuff down the toilet. I mean, that's where your water supply is coming from. A lot of it's coming from reconstituted poop water. Sure, sure. You know, in yeah. some places, right? Isn't that where they get their yeah. water supply? They, yeah. they fucking fix up the poop water. Water doesn't go anywhere. It's never going to die. It's yeah. the same water. Jesus <laughs> Christ. How much can you filter out where you're leaving in the birth control pills but giving me no poop? You're sure there's no poop in this? There's got to be some poop in there, you <laughs> like, fuck. Sir, I'd like some poop-free water, Yeah, please. if the same water is coming our way that birth control <laughs> pills get into... Unless I'm ignorant about how birth control pills get into water, and they're not being dumped well, off. Well, is the amount of birth uh, pills or like uh, anything going into the water system is that really, I mean, large enough to affect it? I mean, I don't know. It's a good question, but no I would way. like zero percent of 0%. birth control pills in not my even diet. Point zero 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 yeah. one. There's, there's no pregnant water anymore, at least. Hmm. What? What? Yeah. 
Um, I think, you know, we got to be real careful about that shit, man. You know, the idea that water is 96% of our bodies and it's the one thing that we love to throw things into. It's so fucking stupid. You know, we need water. Obviously, humans need water. But we're always dumping shit in the water because it's so easy. We're such cunts. Especially uh, Al. Al does that I do time. a lot of, like, vigilante dumping. <laughs> Just dumping oil and shit. No, or, you know, I mean, I, I say I'm guilty because when I see a dumpster near my house, I'm like, I got to put a fucking that chair in there. And yeah. I fucking, well, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's but not I think, well, then, then the all countries and these companies are actually fucking, uh, oh, you know, like 1-800-JUNK? You see what that? is that? Yeah. That's where they the come blue and get trucks, they come and get your shit. They're shipping it to fucking China where they're yeah. paying for cheap landfill. So huge, huge, like, secret in the night fucking barges full of our shit shows up in China Especially and there's just computer. landfill all over the place. And so... I mean, Whoa, us so flushing pills a, down the... I mean, that's the least of our trouble. It's all these foreign countries that don't have any fucking laws that are just allowing you to dump and bury and fucking there's toxic waste that we're shipping over there. It's horrible. Dude, China is crazy. They so, developed some new eco-city. It's fucking fantastical. Have you seen this thing? No. It's on my Twitter. Brian, have you seen it? Mm-mm. It was... I posted it. Someone, someone tweeted it and I retweeted it. It's pretty fucking amazing, man. There's this new city that they have that's like some... It looks like like some gigantic future space solar powered like um, like greenhouse of a city. It's like they have glass domes over the, over buildings. It's Chinese fascinating. Chinese Shore running yeah. around inside. Look at it. Oh right? yeah. Oh, it's, wow. it's like it's like The Simpsons. What Google. is the title of the article so someone can Google if they want to Google it? What does it say? Uh, Tian Eco City in China. Just you could just type in Eco City in China. Eco City in China will find it. Forget that first word. It's an amazing world we live in. You can just do that. How fucking cool is that? You can just type that into a box and it just gives you the instant information. Instant information. Instant. We don't even realize how crazy that is. Why is there college anymore? Yeah, right? Just a way to torture you. Yeah. Get you to go somewhere and fuck. There's a commercial on right now where they're doing that. You just see families sitting around a phone and they look over and they see just a B actor who they don't know who exactly it is and says it says his name is so and so and these people are just googling and getting instant information on the spot when they need it and that's totally what we're doing. My phone is fantastic. It's amazing. That's when people have their phones on in comedy shows. I say I realize that's a fucking fascinating device. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have one. I fucking look at it all the time and I love it. Yeah. But now's not the time to have it, so just put it in. That's my first one. Do you do you wig out on people that film you? Um, I make I make them stop a lot. Some people are just so blatant with it. They're like well, sitting right in the front row and they're they're pointing a camera at you and filming. Like just flip video camera, just straight. This is so up, silly. Looking at it. and uh, I usually point it out, but sometimes people don't care. You know, like yeah, you want to go more. just enjoy the fucking moment. Yeah. Enjoy the show. Here. I like we what don't I'm doing. Everything the, doesn't have to go on YouTube. I do the Laugh Factory, and you're standing on the stage, and there's two monitors on the side. You've done that, Chloe. Sure. And I sometimes look in the audience, and people are watching me on the fucking monitor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm <laughs> yeah. right here, lady. What the fuck? Yeah, that's weird. People do that at the UFC all the time, too. They watch the fights on the monitor. Yeah, it's in front of you yeah. now. Happening. I see that. That's I do that sometimes thing. ringside. I catch myself doing that. Dude, replay cage side. Yeah. The, the guys are fighting five feet in front of me, and I'm looking at this little 13 inch monitor in front of me. Well, sometimes you get a better perspective. Yeah, coming that's from why that I'm doing it. But it's still angle, funny yes. that I'm doing it. Yeah, you're right there. It's right there, and I'm watching a TV. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I like it on the UFC just because it's like the different camera angles, especially when you get on the ground. You can't Close. see anything on the floor. Close, when yeah. You're at the totally, yeah. yeah. That's that's where it's real confusing too. If you don't, if you're in the stands and you don't have commentary, like a yeah. lot of times you don't see what guys are going for. You don't see what how a guy's trying to set something up. You know, you just went to your first UFC, the right? I, my very first one was the uh, Las Vegas Palms. What yeah, was the name of that real event? recently, Fox uh, Fight uh, Spike Night Fight. Nice. 
Spike fight night. Fight, spike fight. Yeah, couldn't get it out. It was great. The, uh, the, great what it is is the finals of the Ultimate Fighter, and then they have uh, fights. Jason after. Tebow was around. Uh, he also got he got a ticket from you, and he sat uh, closer. He was just texting us constantly, saying who he was sitting next to, and so until <laughs> really, people, yeah, he, he was like a little girl. Between Rampage them. was behind him. Yeah. He was I'm in front of Rampage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He just couldn't believe, you know. So he was all about his location. Very funny guy. He was like a little kid in a candy store. Yeah, yeah. He said he was just loving life. That was he the dressed best. up. He wore a blazer. Yeah, he with the blazer. Yeah, and rainbow socks. Teeb's a good dude. He is yeah. a good dude. Very funny. Very too. funny guy. Very he's smart one of those guy. Guys, and he's been around for a long time. And yeah. uh, hilarious. Frustrating when you know you see a guy like that's not getting anywhere, and you're like, how come? You know what's going on? Yeah, what's you know? happening? Why is it's it war of art? Teeb famous. You know, yeah. strange world we live in. This comedy world. So when I met you, you'd only been doing it like what two years? Even less than that. Less maybe. than that? Wow, yeah. dude. I met you in the days, son. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you recommended me for the comedy store. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, It was you and Freddie Soto. And I was like, oh, this is the best. Yeah, oh, and I go in. And then we were doing the Fridays and Saturday nights there until everything blew up over there. And then uh, I, you know, I've worked with you quite a bit. It's, uh, a lot of comedy store gigs, man. Yeah. And you used to have the, the uh, you put in the recorder. What I always appreciated that Joe bought a digital recorder, not a digital, uh, CD, a, burner. CD burner for the club. And so I'd go in there with a CD just constantly on a Friday night and just show up yeah. and hand him my CD. I have all the. Just well, I had three album. different things that I bought. I started out with a DAT player, a DAT recorder. Yeah. I had digital audio tape installed there. But the problem with that is that no one had a DAT player. Yeah. So then I said, okay, we'll get mini disc because that seems like a good format. But yeah, the problem was that. mini disc died out. Sure. So then I switched it to CD. So, it was awesome. So I, I put I, three different systems in there. <laughs> The oh. CD, and then you had all of like those live moments that you never really get on a comedy album. Yeah, all recorded, recorded. At, the, at the comedy store. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just like it, it, we needed to have it there, and there was a budget issue. Yeah, there's uh, that's, that's at least the comedy store appreciated you after you did all these nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mitzi did. The real comedy store did. You know, yeah. that was that was where my loyalty was in the first place. Now they're putting Mitzi. in a kitchen over there. So you know that. Yeah, good, exactly. good, good place to, to get food poisoning. Yeah. Twenty years too late. What the fuck? And yeah. how many? How much money they lost from not having oh, just nachos? Yeah, yeah, but you know what, dude? This is the comedy store. This is who it's supposed to be. It, the the real issue there was that they stopped nurturing good comedy, and they had a lot of this, the issue issues that Al and I were talking about right before the show that he's dealing with there right now. It's, they don't have the right intentions. They don't have, they're not looking out for comedy. They're, they're not even looking out for the club anymore. They're just looking out for short dollars. They're looking out for what's going to work and what's going to get them money right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tough because I really, I mean, on those Friday and Saturdays, I remember those, it, I honestly, one of some of the best nights, you were there for all of them, yeah. some of the best nights uh, that I've ever had as a comic, that place Packed and it's like that old cops that you were talking about. When you get that 150 to 200 seater, just yeah. really packed. It's that's a great. Well, that mean, was a fun gig, man. Because when setup. I was doing Fear Factor, I I couldn't really travel, and so I just set up shop at the comedy store and I set it up so that I paid for everything. I paid for the sound system. I did. I advertised everything on MySpace. I never asked for a packed. dime. Packed the place every weekend and worked totally for free. Yeah. And um, when when that was happening, man, that was that was like the most fun time ever for comedy for for me you know so yeah. we had some good times in that crazy weekends some, I mean, crazy yeah. weekends there at least 10 times I bought the entire audience's shots. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. At I least forgot about times. that. Remember yeah. that? The whole audience had shots. Yeah. Whenever I would kick somebody out, 
I would go, look, I know that we just went through this douchey moment together, but we can change this. We can get yeah, out of yeah. this feeling. I know this feels terrible. We had some drunk assholes yelling things and they got kicked out and everybody feels weird. Like, what the fuck, man? You know, and there's a few people going, well, they paid too. You know, let's just stop. Those are douchebags, yeah. right? Let's, we're not douchebags. Okay. We're, we're going to change all this shit. So I would like to buy you guys a drink, everybody, and, and you know, kind of bring the mood back and everybody right. would cheer and we'd all wait. I would say that's the one thing that we got to wait. We got to wait. And everybody waited, man. Every time we never had an issue with people drinking their shots early. The waitresses, they hustled, they came back and forth. They had to do like fucking 10, 15 trips, you know, with big trays full of shots. But we gave shots to everybody that wanted them. Yeah. Probably a few alcoholics fell off the wagon. <laughs> Probably a few guys were like, well, fuck it, man. He's giving me a shot. Yeah. I don't want to be a dick. And next thing he's blacked out with yeah. his pants down. You know, very a lot of people say, shots for everybody. But that was a, that was a shitload of people. You know, yeah. it's not it was, like it was thousands of dollars every time. It wasn't shots for everybody and there was 10 people there in right. the bar. Right. Like, and that's what shots for everybody in a big fucking room. But it was, yeah. you know, it, it worked though. It totally restored the vibe. Because first of all, everybody knew that I was paying for it. So, it yeah. was, you know, it was going to cost real money. And, you know, and it was, it was just all for the vibe to fix it because we can. You know, all that was the the whole attitude about it, and that's that should be the attitude of comedy. You know, it's supposed to be, the the, the it's about getting into it and fi- finding you know finding what's fucking fun about it, and taking everybody to what's fun. You know, and when you you have an opportunity to correct the vibe of the room, you know, if you can do it like that, that's really what it's all about, right? Now, now, Al, you said you had you used to do a podcast like five year ago, five years ago when the <laughs> podcast first came out, and those yeah, were really big back in the day, and they kind of died. And it was uh, yeah, there was like a, a what was it called? Um, you know, it was four years ago. I don't even know what it was. You don't know uh, what your own podcast is called? <laughs> I did 17 episodes. That's of a lot. Do you think it's a lot? Of the... I did a TV show in 1994. Only did six episodes. Yeah. I can tell you a lot about it. It was, um, <laughs> it was, uh, we had sort of many names for the thing, but it was the, um, uh, I did it with Peter Murrieta, a comedy writer. And so it was just, I mean, he's half Mexican and I'm half Mexican. And it was two. Combining Voltron and it together, you were one Mexican. called the two, yeah, one Mexican. <laughs> together we are one Mexican. Juan, that would be Juan. a good name for it. Together one Mexican. Together we are one Mexican. And we still don't speak Spanish. <laughs> you don't speak anything? No, not really. Wow. It's horrible. Beaners I, must get mad at you. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like I said, just like the allergies put me, it's in, I'm in a weird spot with the big guy with the Laker jersey. <laughs> the big really guys with the Laker jersey. You know, and that's my problem also is that they, uh, in L.A. they segment you. When I was working with Joe in San Francisco when we first started, I didn't even know I was a Latino comic. I was just a comic. And then you moved down to L.A. Mm. and immediately I got put in this HBO Aspen comedy thing where it was me, Jeff Garcia, Freddie Soto, Willie Barsena, all these fucking <laughs> guys together. They're like, get on the bus, Bick. Yeah, and they gave me a tin of Red Hots. They brought me a tin of Red Hots, and they said, this is for you. It says HBO Latino on it. And this guy, Mateo, comes up and goes, my name is Mateo. Can I interview you in Spanish? You know, and shit like that. I was like, yeah, you can fucking try. It's not going to work out, Mateo. I don't know why. I don't, I'm not a Latino comic. I'm just a fucking comic. And I went to my friend, Becky Pedigo. I was like, they give you a hat. And they give me fucking red hot. Fuck. I'm not with these guys. And I looked at her. I swear to God, I'm not with these guys. I said, I said, I looked at her. I go, I'm a Mexican comedian. I swear to God. And I was like, I just learned it. Oh, no. When I came out here. And so I did the sets. And 
And that's weird for me because, you know, it's just like you sort of get put in that group and they all sort of make fun of you. I did New Year's. Did they make fun of you? Like the real Mexican comics? Where they're Dude, like... I remember walking up to, you know how those comedy breakdance circles form where it's just a comedy, uh, like a group of comics standing in a circle. Right, right, right. And I do CTV, the Latino Comedy Festival on, you know, TV show for CTV, a shitty, you know, wannabe English-speaking Latino station, I think still exists. And it's really tiny at the time. So they're doing stand-up. And I see them there with um, this guy, Rick Gutierrez, and all these Mexican comics. And they're talking about how him and Gabriel live together and they don't go on the road. They go on, they're on the road so much that no one's ever at their house. And I look at them and I go, wow, you must have a lot of dead plants. <laughs> <laughs> and then and the, the guy looks at me and goes, we don't have any plants, bro. What are you talking about? We don't have any plants. Bro, what the fuck? No plans. <laughs> just, that's how I feel, like, around all these guys. I got made fun of every night over New Year's by a comic that I was supposed to co-headline with. I'll never do another Latino show again. You got and, made uh, fun of? Yeah. I was Who? supposed to co- co-headline. Who is it? It's fucking uh, Willie. Willie Barcena made fun of you? Yeah. Well, no. I didn't, he didn't think he was making fun of me, but we had a conversation about it, and I felt like he was just... He kept bringing up my name, like saying... And he actually said this at one point. He goes, I don't want my kids to grow up like Al, you know? Like, all scared. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, so like that, and she was, was talking, you know, about me, you know, and doing the whole, my name is Al Madrigal, and I'm a Latino. That <laughs> shit. Like, okay, I fucking get it. I talk about myself, and I'm self-deprecating. So we were doing the New Year's countdown, and um, he was off on his time. He started trying to do the countdown five minutes early. Everybody has fucking cell phones. They call him on, you know, they're like, no, it's not it. What are you doing? And so he has to wait, and then he yells to the back of the room to the manager at the sack punch. He goes, you trying to humiliate me, bro, up here on stage? And I grabbed the back mic, flipped it on really quick, and I go, what's the matter, Willie? Don't like being humiliated on stage. Does that fucking get to you? Like, uh, and he's like this badass. He's like an East LA street fighter that's uh, killed people. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he goes, "We had a problem, bro." And he <laughs> I love Willie. And I, and I go, "Look, Willie." And I made him understand. I go, "I get just as angry as you do, but I don't have the fighting ability. Do you understand me?" I go, "I'm just as fired up." As is, you've killed guys, you know, and fucking annihilated people, and uh, I don't have the ability to do that, but I still feel fucking angry as shit. So you got angry at him saying that you were scared on well, just, stage. He, he was, was talking, talking shit about you. I on just stage. don't like what any comic brings up to your next comic before them and starts really fucking referring to somebody, you know, and uh, derogatory. Yeah, I was using me as an example of what. But how? What do. if you were really good friends with them and you were joking around with them, like? You know, like I have friends and they go on after each other and joke around about each other. And yeah, you know, I guess it's just like Joey will go on after Ari and, and you know, and, and talk about Ari being a Jew, you know. But how well He's do those guys Jew. know each other? You real, know, real good, real good. I always make fun of Joey, you know. Yeah. You know, but it's like. Oh, no, I'm just, then it's all about the relationship. Yeah. I totally get so that. So your relationship, is, it's more like he's actually mocking you. It's, yeah, it's not I think fun. it really fucking I don't want my kids it. to grow up like you all scared. At Montreal in 2002, and I've told him this story, and we've talked about it, and I walked out to him, and I was the only other non-white, you know, like he's the only Latino guy there, and I don't know anybody, and I waved to him, I go, hey, Willie, uh, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Al Madrigal. And he looked at me and goes, you don't even say your own last name right, bro. Like, okay, that's, it's just wow. How are you walk, supposed to say it? Like Madrigal. 
You wow. know, you're supposed to really. Could you imagine if it. you really did that though and rolled your tongue and everything? You'd when be committed was, to every yeah, other word. Exactly. That's you like can't just do it for that. Yeah. 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 You can't just roll the name and not roll. Well, when I was else. in college, you we went to Tijuana. What? <laughs> what? Oh, excuse me. Tijuana. Tijuana. Yeah. Yeah. You got to commit. When I when I do the weigh-ins and I have to pronounce dudes' names, I have to decide whether or not I want to commit to that super Spanish way of saying things. You know. And there's a lot of Mexicans in UFC, right? I mean. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's the correct way to say it, but it's like you know, like Montreal is how we say it, but they say Montreal. They say Montreal. Yeah. So really, you should say Montreal. Like, who the fuck are you to say Montreal? And that's not their city. I used to get pissed that when people say Frisco and shit like that. You did. San Franciscan likes talking. Bro, you're really like touchy. Oh, San Fran. That's a. You used to get pissed at them calling it San Fran. Oh no, no, no. I'm just saying as a native. Do you prefer Faggotville? I do. I do. What is the most derogatory name to? No, I'm just saying when you're calling it the wrong thing and you're a local, you know. I mean, we're not. No one's expected. By the way, I'm not correctly. saying faggot anymore. I just out had of to retirement. Use it exact, out of retirement. Wasn't even. I just is an example of oh, a derogatory that's thing that's someone else. Yeah. Have yeah. I totally to stopped stop. saying faggot. Did you hear that Toronto uh, is censoring the Mark Knopfler song, the Dire Straits song? Um, uh, uh, what is that song? Um, the Rockstar song. Mm. What is that fucking song? God damn it. It's Dire Straits. You don't know who Dire Straits is? Money for nothing. Money Money for for nothing nothing. and chicks for free. Right. Because it's got, that song has the word faggot in it three times. Oh, that's, you little faggot. With his own jet airplane. That little faggot, he's a millionaire. Damn, I forgot about that. That shit was on the radio. Microwave ovens. Yeah. Yeah, City so of Toronto, they've decided, well, no, it was in Toronto, it was oh, in the newspaper Toronto. in Toronto, and, you know, they've decided, I guess, in Canada to start censoring that song, at least in Canada. I mean, I don't know if they, they do in America, I'm sure when they play it on classic version. rock, yeah. it's tricky. It's tricky, man, because, I mean, that is a gay, that's a gay slur, and it's on a major song that's on the TV. That was yeah. a very popular song. Remember, that was one of like, the first music videos, too. Yeah, it was on TV. On, yeah. yeah. It was like 3D animation. I don't think they said faggot stuff. on the... Uh... Yes, they did. Yeah, they did. Oh, yes, they did. On the as popular kid, version? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. On the television version, on the radio version? Oh, we could oh, look shit. up the MTV video right now. Yeah, let's look up the MTV yeah. video. Let's not listen to it, though, because it's really not that good. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, they had yeah. some killer songs, but that wasn't one of them. That was just That was one of the old videos where they had like neon flashing in the background and small you know it's like poorly yeah produced. you know what's like really dope roller girl you ever saw, heard that song roller girl from dire straits no but roller pull girl that up from boogie nights mm. Mm, you like that shit apparently that bitch is crazy oh she just did the uh, hangover yeah yeah she oh that's right that, she was a hooker you? yeah right? she played a hooker that's a good role for yeah her. i heard she's off the charts crazy i love people like that just like knowing they're out there mm. dire straits roller girl. she's not fun Mm-mm. Do they have it? This is called Skate Away, Dire Straits Skate Away. That could be it. Yeah, Skate Away. Right. Let's see. Skate Away? Didn't you wow, say this is really Roller loud. Girl? Yeah, this is it. This is a song from my uh, childhood, man. This is a song from. I mean, I might have been like fucking 13 or 12 or some shit when this song was out. They're brilliant musicians, man. It's like it's a different kind of rock and roll. The they were Straits really did. big too. It's yeah. not like this is some. No, they were huge. They were bro. huge. They were huge. When I was in high school, Dire Straits were gigantic. That was. It's a cool video too. 
Is that a Walkman she has on? Yeah, yeah. big man. Giant man. The biggest, biggest Walkman. Yeah, it's just that. Feeling this song, are you guys? Yes, love it. You, how dare you, Brian. That girl needs to skate away from me. She's ugly. She's living in 1979, dude. She didn't even, they didn't have makeup back then. They used to dress themselves up with flowers. Yeah, clown makeup, it looks like. You know, she used to have to wait around. She used to be the only one. This is a window to another world, bro. This is a different era. That's how, how crazy this fucking world is evolving and how quickly. Look at that big stupid Walkman she's got on. <laughs> you know, her giant stupid headsets. All those stupid headsets, big ones like we're wearing right now, they've made a comeback yeah. because of those beats. Dr. Dre. Yeah, beats. everybody wants to pretend they're a fucking DJ. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm gonna get a real good sample of this music, you know what I'm saying? I need full coverage of my ears, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I gotta hear the whole song. I gotta hear the dirty shit in the background, you know what I'm saying? I've got the uh, Bo- Bose noise-canceling yeah. ones for airplanes. Nice. Those are dope. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the, the Beats ones, I have those. They, they cancel the noise, too. It's nice. I, I like how rap battles have moved on to headphones now, because it's like you got the Dr. Dre ones now, and I think 50 Cent has... Luda. Like, Luda just Luda. came out everybody, with his own shit. Why not? Everybody should have their own headphones. Yeah. I want my own headphones. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's an easy <laughs> little, company to start. A little alien logo on the headphones. You can oh, smoke okay, them when son. you're done listening. Yeah, right? We could store You're, a stash. Like, there's an extra battery that area. Listens to the show the would have matters. a set of those Joe Rogan headphones. That would be weird. <laughs> that would be step one of the cult. <laughs> step one. Step two, purple Nikes. Step three, alien logo tattooed somewhere in your body. Step four, try DMT. Have step you, five. Have you embraced Twitter, Al? Are you I'm on, on there, that thing? Are yeah. you addicted to it? Or you, uh, you know what? Um, I read a lot more than I post. Just you know, uh, Someone's a lurker. I'm not that much of a lurker. So tell me this problem that you were having at the comedy store that you were talking about. Well, you know, it's, um, I guess when you stay in one place for too long, you sort of, it's with your job or with anything else, you just start to realize that the people, if you start associating with the same people over and over again, sometimes you need to, it gets a little negative. Yeah. There's always been a real negative vibe there. And, uh, but the stage time is amazing. And we just were talking about it's all like the running good with times. weights on. Yeah, that's what we talked about. Like, we had some great times there. Definitely. Working out there is harder than working out anywhere else. Yeah. I think Blaine Compatch, no who's a very funny comedian, said um, if this was if comedy clubs were a video game, then the comedy store would be one, one of the hardest levels. Boss level. Boss yeah. level. And then, then you'd go like a Laugh Factory improv. And then when you get down easy would be like the UCB and all yeah. those things because they're very supportive. very supportive and yeah. like smart and everyone's paying attention. And um, at the comedy store, I have Russian guys yelling out at you constantly. Yeah. And so, but you know what though? The, the the sad part about that store is when it reveals its true side. When someone goes up who's not good and kills. Oh, yeah. Someone goes up with some really dumb hacky shit well, and they destroy. I mean, that's what I was talking about. And then you go, about. oh, you guys aren't cool. No. You're just in the dark. That's what I was talking <laughs> You're about. You're just dummies in the dark. It sort of makes you feel bad about yourself when you go up and you think you had a good set. 
and then just the worst comic in the world goes up <laughs> fucking two, three after you and just murders. Well, you know, that's a symptom. <laughs> that's a symptom shit. of what you were talking about with like the UCB. Well, the UCB is very well organized. It's, they've got a very Wonderful clear place. ethic. Yeah. They're trying to, you know, put out good art. They're trying to put out good comedy to support it. You know, it's like it's very obvious what they're up to. Yeah. And so because of that, that's the kind of crowd they attract. The comedy store is just people are just walking by, and you know, and they've heard the name and they stumble in and they don't know any better, or they know who's up, you know, or it could be, hey, Al Madrigal put it on Twitter, he's going to be at the comedy store tonight, let's go down and check it out. But it's like you get such a hodgepodge, it is, it is like a a vortex of crazy people for whatever reason. Crazy people are drawn to that spot. Like, I don't want to believe in energy, I don't want to believe in any of that fucking crystal sucking astrological bullshit. I don't want to believe in that. I want to take things on face value. But if ever there was a fucking, there was some evidence for a place having like crazy energy and having like a weird attraction to it, that fucking comedy store is it, man. I'm the same way. I feel like uh, I don't believe in any of that crap. But if there was ever a place for that to exist, it would have to be something weird is happening. Yeah, maybe its effects are over-exaggerated. Like, it's not the only... You can't only have shitty times at a place like that. But, you know, when you find out the history of that place and you know about it, it was Bugsy Siegel's nightclub... Back in the Zeros. Prohibition days. Yeah, it was called Zeros. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> Who said that? Eliza? Yeah. Schlesinger? So they were doing abortions in the basement. But we, we always get into the subject about how, how fucking crazy that place is and how creepy it is. But they, they kill people there, for sure. And maybe there's like a little shred of that that's still in the room. It's no funny bone. <laughs> You know, it's no corporate like comedy oh, yeah. club. It's a little bit different than those. There's yeah. no uh, animated microphone with <laughs> yeah. another microphone standing in the background. Yeah, yeah showing you who's it. coming up next week. And coming that's the other thing. When you get used to being in other clubs, you get used to like working for the improv and you see how fucking organized they are. You know, and they have posters of guys that are going to be there next week and, you know, with supporting acts and the show times and they have a, you know, online where you can buy tickets. It's all in the poster and they're just like way in advance. You go to the store, there's a piece of paper that fucking Tommy's got spilled coffee on, you know, and has everybody's name written on it, you know, and if you call in and you ask, oh, who's up tonight? They're like, um, um, who's up? Where's the fucking list? Um, you know, it's like, nobody, nobody knows what's going on. You sucking cocks now, too? But at one point in time, yeah, he wants to know if you're sucking cocks, too. That's what he asked Brian. Brian, yeah. I'm sucking cocks. Yeah, I get off stage and he goes, you sucking cocks now, too? <laughs> fucking work for Joe Rogan? Fucking just what? went off on me. Tommy's I had like that. a good set, and I get off stage, Tommy, and he just goes crazy on me, just saying I was gay and I was using the comedy <laughs> store and I was a spy and and what? I was sucking dicks and just fucking nonstop crazy. Why do you get off stage and ask me? <laughs> sucking dicks? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Well, what's funny is I've never been greeted like that ever. I know it's it, it's bad, and what sucked is like. What's funny is I got off stage and I was just feeling so happy and good. And then when he did that to me, I was like, oh, why are you doing this to me? He but buzz I guess, killed you, dude. He buzz killed you. Yeah, yeah. But after after talking to a lot of comics, I guess that's just what you, he does. And he's trying to scare thing. you into things. Yeah. So he's doing using intimidation tactics? Yeah. Yeah. It's so you she just swung on him. It's like, when a dude does that, you just swing on him and you put your dick in his face. <laughs> I just pull your dick out. You hold him down, you pull your dick out and just rub it all over his face. Go, well, don't you thing. ever fucking do that to me again. <laughs> I have thoughts like head. that constantly. That's what makes me sort of dangerous. I just got to go in. You got to d- develop a good mount. I just got to go and do my job and get the fuck oh. out. No, I'm talking about... <laughs> <laughs> talking about rubbing your dick on his face. No. Yeah, well, there's a lot of negative energy in that place. You know, the, What you were talking about before that you don't want to talk about, obviously. You know, there's a new comic 
comedy thief in at the comedy store. And uh, a guy that got kicked out of the Ha Ha Cafe, and he's another one of these guys that's blatantly on purpose looking to steal people's material and use it. Yeah, um, but I, I have to be very clear, and uh, I don't even want to get involved. Yeah, I don't, I hear I don't you. care. Well, we don't even got to bring the guy's name up. We don't yeah, even have to bring his name right, up. Well, that, that, that's not the issue. Yeah. What I was talking about was how the club um, justified it. And now they they actually told you when you brought the guy's name up that he's not bad looking on the eyes. Yeah. I, that, that's actually a Tommy quote, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whoopsies. Sorry. Yeah, this is what he said to me. So you're a comic now. And I said, yeah, I try. And he goes, you working for Joe Rogan still? Yeah, I still work for him. You suck cock now too? What? Why? And, I, and then what? I wrote... They're not going together. If you and, repeat that, you working for Joey, you suck And Brian cock said, yeah, and two. I said, I said yeah, yeah, I suck two cocks. And then, <laughs> Three, four cocks. And then, five cocks. And then he goes, you come with me at this criticisms. You go on stage and you work for that phony fuck. And then it's just like, what? where is this Why coming did he from? T- they just really took the wrong sides and this whole thing is about them making the wrong choices. Uh, you know, just throughout... Look, they give me a lot of stuff. It's I don't negative wanna... energy, man. That's why they have to do it. They're sucked into their own suck. But then I got my ankle weights, and I want to go fucking wear. You don't there. have to though. It's not necessary. I, you know, I my act got a lot better as soon as I stopped being there. I got less angry. And I think some of my my comedy was being formed by the the energy in that place. There's a lot of great things about that place, but. It's also it's dark. I love hanging yeah. out there. I love it just because of the people. But you know, other than that, if they all hung out at fucking Waffle House, I'd be there. <laughs> Brian, you remember that time we were filming and that hooker came back and just wanted started talking to us about the business and how she meets guys and how she sets it up. And yeah, it was pretty crazy, man. Out of nowhere, yeah. this girl just she came up to us and she seemed you know like fairly normal, right? Yeah, she didn't seem totally crazy. You know, she was just you know having a good time like everybody else. And then she starts talking about being a hooker. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I run into hookers a lot more often than I thought I would ever run into hookers. Just like talk, they just come up and start talking to you and they act normal and they don't say that they're a hooker. You think, oh, this girl's talking to me. Yeah. And, and, and then, then suddenly like, she slips in and she's a yeah, hooker. Was, and then, wow. Sneaky little hooker. Well, think of the world, <laughs> think the world that you travel in, though. You travel in a very interesting world. I mean, if you looked at your life from any other part of the world, you know, you take some guy from Idaho and say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to hang out with this guy. What are you going to do today? Well, I'm going to hang out with this girl. She's a penthouse pet of the year. We're going to go to this porn awards party. And then we're going to go to the uh, improv where there's a naughty show and a bunch of porn stars are going to go up. And then I'm going to hang out with some stand up comedian friends of mine. And we're going to smoke a lot of pot. Everybody be like, life what now. the fuck is yeah. this is your life? I want to go. This is crazy, man. You wonder if I tag along? I should go to should have gone to college, I guess. Yeah. That's just the thing. Then you'd be out of work. You sort of do look at your life and you say, "How did I end up?" Yeah, but that's why there's so many hookers in your life, is what yeah. I'm trying to tell yeah. you. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're traveling in strange circles. I'm definitely hooker material. Yeah. Not there's anything wrong with being a hooker, man. A buddy of mine was talking to me about this Thai massage place that he goes to, and uh, they give you a real Thai massage and then they jerk you off. And he he talked about it like. Like it was the greatest meal, you know. Like I would talk to you about like uh, a certain steakhouse that knows exactly how to fucking cook a good piece of meat, where you cut into that medium rare, and the outside is just crispy, but the inside is juicy and delicious and warm, and the fucking blood from the meat just fires up your synapses. That's how this guy talked about getting jerked off by this Thai lady. (laughs) He was talking about like it's the most amazing thing. He goes, somebody told me to go to this place. I didn't think, you know, like that. It was that kind of place because it looked like a real place and he goes and I go in there 
And I'm going, well, obviously, I'm not going to pull my pants down because this is a legit place. I'm getting a real massage. Like, they're giving them a real massage. They're stretching them out. They're rubbing them down, elbows in, muscles loosening, all that thing. He's like, I'm getting a legit massage. There's no way the same broad's jerking me off. And then at the end, after like 40 minutes of that, she's like, so, does that feel good to you? And he's like, get the fuck out of here. This is a fantasy. She, she starts rubbing his leg. Yeah. You know, do you want anything more? Do you want anything more? And the next thing you know, she like glances over his dick and he arches his his back like towards her hand as she glances over his dick and then she just gets that the green light. She gets a hold of it, pulls out the lotion, starts rubbing his balls, jerks him off, bam, done. Wow. It's like forty bucks. Wow. I've got like, a place Holy like that once shit. I, and the chick turned to me. I was just uh you know, she's gonna ask you if you want the you know, extra parts. because there's a lot of them have you charge more, right. you know, like so she looks at me and she goes Leans in and goes, do you want me to make banana cry? Whoa. Oh. Yeah. Hey, what are you fucking saying to me? I don't Whoa. Know. Banana feels bad about himself just being in here. Banana cry. Yeah. So she so, offered? Yeah. And offered you said banana no? cry. And you said no? Well, you know, uh, since having, uh, yeah, my daughter sort of spoiled me for a lot of fucking. Uh, yeah, porn too, yeah, right? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, me a lot. Strip clubs, porn, all that. Sure, it's not because, the same anymore. No, it's not. I mean, it used to be. Yeah. I would it go used out to be, all the time. I'd be there. Before you have babies, you look at them, and I, I used to look at them as, this is a really hot chick. Like, whoa, look at that body. Look at that ass. Now I go, why is she dancing? Probably because her dad horrible. didn't love yeah. her. Yeah. And I'm going to love my daughter. Fuck. I'm going to be a better dad. Yeah. I'm trying and to... also, yeah, you really think about it. And also the germ factor and shit, too. Like, these chicks... Are rubbing up on fucking all these dudes. I can't. When I go to a con, if they try to put you in a comedy condo, I would start. I would. I won't allow it because I start thinking yeah. about fucking Mark Curry rubbing <laughs> one out on the couch. You know? Mark Curry? Why Mark yeah. Curry hanging with Mr. Cooper? Dude, and you look at the lineup and you go, oh my god, that guy was fucking here. Mark Curry would be the least of my worries. He's a cool dude. Yeah, no, I love Mark Curry, but I'm just using him as an example of somebody just randomly in I there. would go with Barry Diamond. Barry Diamond <laughs> just... Barry Diamond uh, shooting loads all over the couch. Screaming, <laughs> applying tanning cream. He didn't have Wild lotion, so he uses his bronzer. <laughs> He's <laughs> fucking. He's once his dark fucking mahogany dark looking dick. Because he <laughs> never, he never lotion. has lotion, so he has to use tanning lotion. <laughs> lotion. And, and so he his just dick has is black orange. Eyes. His dick is like a giant carrot. <laughs> like Oompa Loompa orange. You're like really like a dirty carrot. Orange. <laughs> <laughs> <a> dirty carrot. <laughs> Yeah, there's always that one dude that I'm you know. I'm surprised there's not more the comedy porno. I think I know there is some of it, but I don't know how many people want to watch it. But I'm surprised. Like, like comics mix comedy and porno together. Yeah, like uh, well, you know what's his face? Thomas Ward, who does a fantastic Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby uh, was, was uh, in a couple of porns, yeah. right? Cosby yeah. type. Where porn, he didn't yeah. bang anybody, but you know he does his Played act in the background. Thomas Ward is another one, man. I I got that guy. Introduced that guy to my manager many many years ago. Because I was like, this kid has got something. He's like real raw, and he's got a good way of looking at things, and he's fucking just a natural on stage. But for whatever reason, it just Doesn't fucking happen. Didn't, didn't click with him. Yeah. You know? Comedy is so, so goddamn tricky. Yeah. You know? It's like you pick the wrong wave. You're, you're not in the right mindset. You know? You're, you're not... You can never really get your life in order. Whatever the fuck it is mm -hmm. that keeps you from getting it right. 
There's a lot of guys that we know. You know, Holtzman's name comes up all the time. Yeah, but it's like so you just allowing yourself not to get distracted and just staying on point. You know, Holtzman's got a job that he works. I think he was a mechanic for aircraft, aircraft at some yeah. point. Yeah. And so he's got all these other life distractions, and you got to be fucking on it if you want to go get something. you got to be on it 100%, yeah. and that's it. And I it. think these guys are half-assing it. They got themselves to a position of comfort. See, that's what, happen- what happens with any sort of fucking dream is you get yourself to a point, and you're like, Oh, you start sacrificing by like compromising, and you go, "Oh, I don't really need mm. fucking that. I'm happy with this." And you get just reach, reach to a point where you settle, you know, and you don't give a shit anymore. So you're just like, "I'm cool with this. This is a great life right here. I can just fucking stop trying, yeah. and I got this." And then, that's totally what I did, man. Yeah. When I was on news radio, dude, I I didn't write anything. And here's one reason: one of the things that turned it around. I, I did sets, and when I would do these sets, I would basically do the same fucking material that I had had for years and years and years before. I would just go up on the weekends because it was yeah. easy, because it was something to do. You know, I, I hadn't, I, I had this TV show, so I was doing the TV show all the time. And the weekends, I'd only been in LA a year. I didn't really know that many people. So the, my social life was going to the comedy clubs. So I, I would go up and I would just do the same act pretty much, just over and over and over again. Nobody knew who I was. I didn't have any responsibility. I didn't have any fans. I had no responsibility to give them new shit. And I lost my feeling for it. Like, I, it, it wasn't real anymore to me. Yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't in the comedy mode for real. It's like, because I was just reiterating the same shit. And uh, a few writers from the TV show, from News Radio, came to see me at the comedy store. Yeah. And I had a really late night set. It was really late night in the main room. When you have those late night sets in the main room, yeah. the energy just gets sucked out of the room where there's nothing. And I went on like next to last and I ate a dick. Oh. I just was, I was, I felt like while I was saying it, that what I was saying was stupid. Yeah. That it just felt empty to me. I could feel just them. Just reciting the words. Yeah. I could feel them feeling bad for me. I could feel them judging me and, and not liking what they see. I just did not have it. I just wasn't in the groove. And then I realized I'm like slacking. Like I'm not really writing. I'm not really performing. I'm not putting any effort into it for like over a year for oh, maybe it might've been two years for over a year. At least I, I just would go up and do the same fucking tired shit over and over again. But that bad set made me completely refocus. And then like within a year I did my first CD because I, I just started going crazy. And then I would go to stand up. I would do it every night. I was doing it every uh, to every night. I was doing it at the Laugh Factory and the improv. And I was just trying to get in as many sets as I could and write as much new shit as I could. I just realized, I'm like, you can't yeah. just keep doing this anymore. At some point, that goes off. And then you're just trying to... I also try to um, work new stuff in constantly. Yeah, I'm always, always adding just little chunks here and there. It's mm-hmm. not even a whole new bit, but just adding to the old shit that I have. Right. And yeah. they're always growing and evolving. So. That's why I have a hard time putting out bits too quickly. Like, if you do something and then, you know, uh, you put it out, you put out, like, a DVD, and then the next year you want to do another one like Louis C.K.'s doing, which is, you know really super ambitious but in my like what's in my career like the things that i've done they've always gotten way 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 better as i kept doing them like over a long period of time and sort of completely tweaked them and got them to the place where you know i have just the the right punchlines in the right places the right setup the right you know think about the right material to do before you do it you know yeah i got an album that i just put out and uh i felt exactly the same way when i locked it you're like, oh shit, yeah. you know that, and a couple jokes. I'm trying just not to do any of that stuff anymore, so I won't feel bad about it. Right, and just put it away. But um, yeah, once I do it, yeah, I think that's how you have to do it. I've, I've Bill Burr. This. Bill Burr does that. What does he do? He once he does it on TV or on an album, it goes bye bye. Yeah, it just starts fresh. Well, that's the Louis C.K. way too. Yeah. That's what Louis's doing. You know, and I think um, 
I think you have to do that. You know, yeah, I'll if do you a really few. Really want to keep moving? There's no way you can just uh, do the same thing for. I'll do a few bits and people call them out. Like when I do a Q and A, sometimes you know, especially if I've had a couple of cocktails. Yeah, and I'm feeling it. But um, you know, it's um, that's the the hardest part about comedy is just to keep that momentum going and keep finding out new and interesting things to talk about. Yeah, you know. No, it's uh, it's tough. Um, to you know, just let go. Be honest, of something. Man. No, if you, it's so hard to stay. Like grow attached to some bits too. You yeah. Know, like oh yeah, man. There's really some bits that I fucking love. My bit about tigers fucking. I used to love doing it. I used to love everything about it. It's my my favorite bit of all time. But like all of them, you gotta put those go bitches away. aside. Yeah. You, you just know, gotta be strong. Sit, son. Make the tough decision. Yeah. To put it behind you. We're talking about how Bill Burr just um, every single time he does something on TV or on an album goes gone. Just goes starts fresh completely. Yeah, that's, that's the that's the George Carlin way, you know George Carlin's style of uh, doing comedy. Louis C.K. adopted it, and Bill Burr's pretty much doing it too. You know, it's the way to do it. Just keep yeah. keep pounding out shit. It's just very hard to do when you're doing other things as well. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. Is when that you get stuck on a TV show and you're working a lot, and then cranking out. I mean, it's hard to you gotta. Sleep and shit too. Yeah. Would you recommend comedy to people? Like if you like if your your child wants to be a comic, would you say, Hey, I would recommend comedy? Or would you scare people it's away? It's hard. From- My son was already asked what he wants to be when he grows up and he looked at uh, a group of people and he goes, I just want to tell jokes. I mean he goes, uh why wouldn't you recommend one of the great jobs of yeah. all time? I mean, I get to write. I've written for a couple of other people, you know, and just I have a great time just, you know, doing what I'm doing. You so. seem to think that you wouldn't, Brian. Is Me? that what you're saying? You well, I, it, I, I don't know if I, w- I would or wouldn't. Um, I, I do see just being in it how how competitive it is and how it really is hard to get to a certain point of where you can survive. Uh, like like higher up than 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 uh, like the normal comic. Like there's so many really good comics, but they seem like they all get to a certain level and then they kind of balance off. You know where yeah they're making money and stuff, but a lot of them are still kind of struggling here and there. But it seems like it's really hard to get to the next level where you're just like I mean you know you mm. use the baseball analogy or any pro football or anything like that, any sporting thing. It's like you know a certain amount of people get just. Certain distance in the you know there's levels of professional right. and people just climb up that level of professional. There's a lot of different things to think about because it's not just being a comedian and being funny. It's also the marketing of yourself, which is very alien from the creative aspect of stand-up comedy. So it's real tricky. Like what gets you to the next levels? A lot of times has nothing to do with your proficiency as a comedian. Right. You know, there's a lot of comedians that we know of that you know they're really good, they're really solid, but for whatever reason they never enter into the. Oh, you're talking about you Brian know, Holtzman is a classic yeah. Clear yeah. example. The Zeit- Guys never just, accepts them for whatever reason. Nothing, sure. you know, they, they never figure out how to get promoted correctly. And also they sabotage their own career. I mean, did you hear, I remember, I don't even know if I have the story right, but Holtzman jumping in, Martin Lawrence came in the audience and mm-hmm. Holtzman had people there to see him and it was a big deal and he was finally going to get a shot. And then Martin Lawrence's bouncer came in and said something and yeah, I guess uh, Holtzman just looks and says, Fuck it, and just jumps in, and they, I guess, uh, the bouncer just knocks him right out, and fucking wow. flattens him, and right in front of all of these people. Yeah, I think I think what was was Martin Lawrence yeah. was heckling. Yeah. Wow. And, and uh, Brian Holtzman was on stage, and Martin Lawrence was heckling, and Martin Lawrence went off stage and was saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, this is Martin Lawrence. Can you believe this? I'm getting heckled by Martin Lawrence." And the bouncer gets up and punches him. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. So yeah, he came too close to him. Like you know? that. Yeah. 
he has uh, stuff like that happens. That know? sucks. I well, wish Amleto would have taken off. If he had been around agents and managers and stuff too, that's the other thing about the store. No one's going there to hang out because they have to pay. If you go to the improv, everybody gets in free. You know, managers, agents, they're all hanging out there. Sure. It used to be an issue to try to get people to come and, you know, like put them on the list to come see people. You know, it'd That's be hard. Ridiculous. People couldn't just, you know, couldn't show up. Hey, I'm Mike from IBM. Can we come in and see the show? They'd yeah. be like, yeah, sure. 20 bucks each, bitch. But <laughs> when you're saying about the marketing thing, it's also, it's um, that book, uh, that Malcolm Gladwell book, The Outliers. Do you ever see that? Any no. of that? Where uh, it's very good. Uh, but it talks about people not being able to express themselves. Like um, there was a story of a genius, this kid who's just, I mean, he went to Iowa State, but his mom didn't turn in his paperwork. They were just sort of dumb about speaking to people. Uh-huh. And his kid was there and didn't go talk to anybody. Clearly, they wanted him at the school and were going to keep him at the school. But all he had to do was know to go and talk to somebody. Or, like, uh, people are just socially unable and have So he didn't raised. talk to anybody. He didn't talk so, to anybody. He just so. left school. And he does, you know, he's a manager somewhere. Does This kid has, the, the guy has, the man has the highest IQ almost imaginable. Well, there was some guy that got tested like for the highest IQ ever uh, in America and he was a bouncer. He was a bouncer in Long Island or something like that. And it was really weird, man, because he was like really kind of full of himself a bit and like we would talk about things. He would talk about things like really pompous and you're just going to go, hey, back the fuck up. You're a bouncer, dude. Like, if you're you're so smart and fucking smug about everything, what are you out there swimming in the human condition every day as a bouncer, (laughs) getting to know the dark side of humanity? Are you, what are you, a fucking Charles Bukowski poet? type character or are you the smartest man in the world because something yeah. there's a disconnect there fella you know you're you're living like life like a dummy not or, not that bouncers are dummies I, I know a lot of guys that are bouncers like him and they guys it's a of, good job uh, but, a lot of power in bouncers yeah you get power and you do don't do shit yeah but i mean why would you do that if you're a fucking super genius and you're like 40 all right yeah. you know it's not like he's some 20 year old kid paying for his college education and needing some money on the weekends no, he's a yeah. fucking 40-year-old genius character working as a bouncer. His services should be used elsewhere. Totally. You know, like, if he's that fucking smart, yeah, it's like, like, let's get him working no, on you're something. Socially, the there's the needs, social intelligence needs to be flu. factored into the whole idea of intelligence. You know, your IQ does not include your ability to, to fucking maneuver Negotiate, around yeah, human that's beings. That's exactly what they're talking about. And then yeah. the social similar kid with a big upgrade, uh, you know, uh, really wealthy upbringing that had the same IQ went... You know that many times further. You know yeah. in his life and became this great. You know, I had a friend uh, when I was living in New York who was a pool hustler, uh, and uh, he was a, a brilliant guy. Um, not just socially, he's like he had a brilliant mathematical mind as well. But he was the first guy that I'd ever met socially that would like look for traits in someone, look for things that people are doing, look for ego things. Like he could do impressions of people, like really good impressions of them. They wouldn't sound like the person, but it would be exactly the type of shit that that person would say because he's always analyzing people's personalities and looking for weaknesses. You know, I did not know until I met this guy that people were out there that did that, that like would look for a weakness in how in your game, look for a weakness in how you talk, look for a weakness in how you behave. And then they find that little spot and that's where they start picking. They start picking on whatever got you to say that in the first place, whatever got you to stand up for yourself, whatever got you to make an excuse about something sure. that happened. Yeah, it was kind of sick that day. Normally, that would never go down like that. Oh, really? Yeah, normally you're the best, right? The best ever? Like, he would just find the spot, find whatever yeah. it was, and just start picking. His opportunity. Yeah, they're out there, man. Fuck yeah, they're out there, man. But that's a lot of what comedy is, too. It's yeah. finding that little that little spot, that find, seeing that little thing that other people might not have saw. 
No, it's, and then also getting that out and reflecting that in a creative way that has not really been done before, too. Right. You don't want to fucking go regurgitate some of the old yeah. and tired shit. Either. I know. So it's also like there's a couple rules in place where not only have you had that thought and found that opportunity, but now you've got to put this through this filtering process to mm. determine whether or not it's okay to fucking make it up on stage. Yeah. And then there's the saying it the right way and, you know, figuring out the, the best sure. economy of words. Yeah. There's like a lyrical aspect to it mm. at that point. So now you're fucking putting shit together. Like, um, you know, I try to do that a lot in my act. When I'm talking about, I actually tell that whole banana cry story on stage as a bit and leading into it. And I said, this by is the way, I don't believe that you didn't get jerked off. <laughs> I just want you to know. I love just, you, but yeah, I, I'm Murray, just keep saying what you said. You sure, don't have sure. to say anything. Keep going. Oh, okay, fine. go ahead. So um, the uh, banana cry lady, I goes, this is not the first time I found myself in English as a second language sexy talk situation. You know, and so I say shit like that. That's so funny. it has to come out like it can right. be lyrical at the same time. Yeah. You can use alliteration and fuck around with it from there. So then you got to put it through all these steps and then it finally makes it out. And that's why they're tough to give up. You know, yeah, I know. They're like your babies. So hard, yeah. They're like your babies, man. So and once you get good at them and get them all tight, you know exactly how to hit them, and they have all these fucking punchlines one after the other. Ba bang, ba bang, ba bang, ba bang. You know that was the Boston style of comedy too. Boston, um, the the best guys for whatever reason didn't really write new material. <laughs> they just had a, a gang of stuff Crushing. that was so Strong devastating. Yeah, yeah. Like if you want, there's still guys like that. You just go out and just they're just crushing. And yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. There's guys like that. It's harder to do now though because of the internet. It's just not the same thing. You know, when people and these guys didn't have CDs out, so could, people couldn't go and replay their bits. You had to go see it again. You know, you couldn't play it over and over again. So it's like, you know, you, you know the exact timing for when the punchline comes. And yeah. It's not like that. Yeah, but people are still going out, though. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Comedy's still the, the most fun thing for me to go see. You know, if I know that Stan Hope's going to perform or, you know, Louis C.K.'s in town or, you know, Nick DiPaolo or someone, someone that I really think is really yeah. funny, I, I fucking have a great time. It's still the most fun thing to see. Who were you saying last night was at the Hollywood Improv? Oh, uh, Stan Hope was there, David Tell, Ron White, uh, Nick Swartzen, Doug Benson. How great uh, is that? It was just like just, uh, never ending. Phenomenal lineup. Yeah. And it's also just a fun hang, too. That like, place you know, is great, man. Just... That's the difference between that place and the store. Like, I never realized that there's managers that were actually happy hey, to see oh, you there nice and well and thankful. Like Can we get you a water? Here, Do you want yeah. a drink? Do you like something? Are you hungry? Do you want to eat? They got a menu in their hand. They have good food there, great sure. burgers and shit. Everyone's friendly. The waitstaff's friendly. The yeah. bartender's friendly. There's a bar yeah. where everybody sits down and has a good time at the bar. And then there's a back showroom and all Eddie, the Eddie, the bartenders are, are also yeah. the... Great. Eddie? He's a fucking gem. Dave Yeah, they're great. Great, great. Have been to the Sal's professionals. yet? Down the street, Sal's, uh, Sal's comedy, comedy home. No, I want to go there. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the cool. shit. Got to stop by sometimes. Sal, a listener? Do you know if we're in contact with Sal? I don't know. We'll get you in there. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll get you in there. Yeah. We did it uh, Sunday night. It was fucking awesome, man. Just talked about it on Twitter Sunday. Place was it's a real small place. It only yeah. seats like seventy at the most right now. Yeah, but they're opening 75. up two more showrooms. They've got a whole back. back area that's gigantic. They're going to blow out and build this like just huge 300-seat room back there. It's like 300 seats, right? So, uh, well, there's two rooms. I think they're 
going to split it. I think he should just build one huge room. I don't, yeah, you know? I think so, too. Why not? Like, keep the know? small room in the front and then make a big one. But I guess he's doing, like, an improv room of, like, uh, 80 and then a bigger room of like 150 room. or something like that. Improv, like, like improv, like, that shit, like, give me a topic, that kind of shit. <laughs> well, kind of like the, like, you know, like the side room at the improv where Ari does his shit. Oh, you know right. what I mean? Like, okay. the, like a workout improv. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, well, well, hey, maybe not. I mean, maybe he could do it. Look, the comedy store was three rooms. Yeah. Forever. You know, this guy can actually pull off three rooms in that spot. He's got the perfect attitude. He's like, the, you know, sounds like one of those guys that you hope would come along and, and open up a comedy club. A yeah. guy who really loves comedy. He's a really fun guy. And he's he's willing to take some chances. And he has business sense as well, yeah, right? He's, he exactly. knows what he's doing. Yeah, so. and he bought this place. And ah. right now, it's got a front area where there's a bar and a bunch of seats. And that's where we perform Sunday. Where there's a back area, there's this like old school bakery. And it's been a bakery like forever. <laughs> And uh, apparently, he's gonna take over that. Yeah. And what was it before? What the was this space? Vienna Cafe. It, it's a cafe with a big yellow awning. It's uh, on Melrose. Still says Vienna Cafe. It yeah. doesn't say Sal's Comedy yeah, Hall. <laughs> he's like yeah. trying to like you know like Vienna Cafe. Oh, it doesn't exist anymore. But come on, we got a yeah. show here. Yeah, they're trying to phase it in slowly. He Don't was telling just... me he was telling me a funny Stanhope uh, bit or story last night when he had a, uh, a club in New York. Uh, he, everyone was trying to get into his club, like all these really good comics, and he wanted Stanhope. So he called Doug up or something like that. And was like, "Hey, you know, I'd really like you to come to my club." And Doug's like, "I don't do clubs, sorry." And then sounds like, "Well, just you know, ask around first before you say no, because it's I think you you would like my place." So Doug calls back and goes, "Oh, everyone's saying great things. I'll go there." And so he kind of came, came friends with uh, Stanhope, and then he had like a party to watch like a, a boxing match at his house, like his apartment. And he, he's like, Doug, you know, if you want to come over and watch the boxing game, come over. So Doug invited the whole entire club to come to Sal's house. And he just said there like 40 people were climbing up over his fence and just fucking drinking all his beers. And <laughs> can you imagine inviting a whole club to somebody's house? Well, that's that kind of douchey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Stanhope drunk? Yes. Of course. Well, is that a yeah. real question? That isn't a real question. That isn't. That's funny. Yeah. And Did after you? that, he's still into comedy? <laughs> right. Dude's a glutton for punishment. I know. This, but, um, I'm sorry, but uh, perhaps pull up the Ted Williams, the Golden Voice, a homeless man. Right. Yeah. And um, this guy is like, was a junkie. Yeah. And now they're giving him all this money. Yeah. Guess, yeah. Guess Crazy. He's gonna fucking got it's, some. He was on Dr. Phil, and I guess he's about to check himself into rehab, or he did check himself into rehab because yeah. of the Dr. Phil show. Why? But Dr. Phil brought up the whole point of where, like, um, that he used to steal cars and it's like, a horrible all this, dude. like he's like, yeah, it's, a great voice. It's not not like the innocent crybaby guy oh, that you first. Oh, more homeless man. Fucking no, this guy's wow. a criminal. That <laughs> fucking you wow. just gave him and a criminal. He's, he's gonna become famous. Do you think he's getting pussy yet? Internet pussy. Um, I hope not. <laughs> he sort of looks like Matt. You remember Freddy when Walker. McDonald's had that moon uh, man commercial where it was like a moon face <gasps> wow. Jack the night. What was that? I remember it, that. It was... Um, Mac Tonight. Mac, Mac Tonight. Wow, Mac Tonight. Pull that up. I got to look at that now. Mac, Mac tonight, tonight was when McDonald's had some moon-headed man wearing a suit. Well, I don't remember that he at all. He looks exactly like that. And the homeless guy, <laughs> Ted Williams, looked, looked, looked like that. So Mac he goes tonight. on Dr. Phil, and he tells them that he stole cars and all kinds of other shit while he's doing drugs. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah, well, well, well here, hold on. He first said that he, like, Dr. Phil brought up the fact that he, uh, uh, hold on, I'll tell you exactly what it was. I'm just, where is it? Uh, 
he if the people for people who don't know there was a guy and this is if you haven't heard the story there was a guy that was standing on the side of a road and he had a sign that said you know uh, we'll use my golden voice for you know god gave me a voice and give me give me a dollar you know whatever the fuck it is right so this guy um does this impression of like a morning dj on a television show or on a radio show and it's amazing it's like a really good radio voice, like that perfect fake radio voice. Yeah, and it feels it seems weird Ooh, coming out of a out of a homeless guy, and he's got like you know a bunch of shit planned that he can say like that. And so this became an internet thing; it got huge. And then from it, this guy gets a bunch of different job offers. So now he's on Doctor Phil. And so what happened? Uh, well, Doctor Phil sits down with him and discusses you know, like all the challenges he had in his life, and he did not. He first denied the incident in which Doctor Phil um, was accused of violent behavior, public urination, stealing customers' cars at a tire store in Ohio, and all this other crap. And then later, uh, in the interview, the guy finally admits that he did all those things. And then um, the next so first he lied. Very, first he lied. Voice. So he's still lying. He's still he's still doing the lying thing. And then he admitted it later after Doctor Phil probably owned him or something. Wow. And then uh, supposedly he will appear again on Doctor Phil, accompanied by his ex-wife, and he has five kids. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Oh, this well, is I'm so happy ugly. the kids got money, but this kid's not. A well, good you dude. hope the kids got money. And I guess you know? supposedly that the, the the wife and kids um, are worried that he's he's going to relapse, and yeah. then later in the interview or whatever, they they, they say that he's going to go in her rehab on Thursday. So he already relapsed. So today, yeah. Well, he sure. probably got some cash, and you he went know. straight to the bar. Why not? Yeah. Homeless guy. And then, so shower and straight to the bar. You, Joe, do you remember this commercial? You probably don't remember this commercial, but this is who uh, Al says that he looks like this old uh, age. chin on this homeless yeah, guy. Yeah, I see it, but I don't, rem- I don't remember it at all. It was all. a big campaign. All day and all night. Step out for a bite. <laughs> when was this? 2007. That can't be 2007. There's no way. That was four years ago, bitches. Oh wait, here's a 1989. That's okay. what I'm talking about. That's right. Yeah, that's a that's a freaky one. That was a, that was a new revamped version. I don't see what the fuck you guys are talking about. That's a guy with a moon head. Saying <laughs> <laughs> this guy has a big fucking head. That's ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. That is the funniest shit, Al. Okay. <laughs> moon face. <laughs> moon face. So, Even you, more than a Jay Leno. He's you know, I met that. Moon face. I met that Antoine Antoine Dodson dude. He's the dude who uh, his house got broken into. Yeah. So, what, hide your kids. Hide yeah, hide your wife. wife. Yeah. yeah. That guy is, like, doing all kinds of shit now. From Dude, that. that song is good. Yeah, it that is good. That song is legitimately good. The Antoine... Move this thing like this so it's, it looks like you're bent over. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, Antoine Dodson's song is legitimately good. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it's... um. I mean, it's amazing though how these things can can become viral like this. He bought his so mom quickly. a house from the proceeds. He, I guess, they split the money fifty fifty, and Antoine got a lot of money. Bought his mom's a house. That's incredible. From a viral video done from the local. News. And he's doing a bunch of other shit. He did some shit for the UFC. He was on George Lopez. I saw that. Yeah, he's doing like ads and shit now. It's crazy, man. Internet celebrity is like a real thing. Like I was thinking, it's made a couple of comics. I mean, it, it yeah. really has. Uh, I met uh, Bo Burnham the other night. Yeah, that kid. Did, yeah. You, did you see this, Joe? The hide your kids, hide your wife, uh, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that on Twitter? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I, I met that Bo Burnham kid. Yeah, you know, who's, I just saw uh, him on Paul Provenza's show, The Green Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on that. Hey, I was right, on the yeah, one right, after right. it, and um. 
and I was there, and I was, uh, we were talking, and me and Eddie Ift were talking, and one of the things that this kid, like, was saying was that he never had to, like, st- struggle. He never went out and did, like, the shitty one-nighters. He no, never he's went famous out. on YouTube. Right he's like, away. bam, right away, famous, doing big shows. Yep. That's pretty crazy, man. Yep. Yeah. That's a new thing, man. Mm-hmm. Who was the first internet celebrity, like, going back? Justin Bieber's like the big one, right? Well, no, no. I mean, first, like 10 oh, years ago, first... 15 years ago. Like, was there an AOL celebrity back in the day? Or... Well, when YouTube the... first started, it was the History of the Dance guy became uh, one of the right. ones that was the first YouTube sensation really to be, start commanding high dollar. You're right. For... The Goatsy guy was the f- most famous guy on the internet. The Goatsy guy? Yeah. <laughs> his butthole. I wonder who that guy is. I mean, do you, you know ever that see is? his face? It's a guy who's uh, he's got his butthole face in the camera. He's wearing a wedding ring. And he's stretching his asshole out, like pulling it like it's rubber. Yeah, I don't, and I don't, I don't peering see that into the darkness, into the event horizon of his butthole. And it's a uh, you know an internet meme. It's been on a million different things. It's all over the place. Yeah, right. and people make photoshops of it in in cloud patterns and shit. It'll make your banana cry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, if you think of like the first real legit celebrity that was made off of the internet, it's Tia recent. Tequila? It's pretty, yeah. Tequila Tequila is a perfect one. She's straight, you know, just right from the internet. Nothing but right. You've got mail. She actually might have been the first. No, no, no. There has to. I mean, that's you're talking about like seven years ago. I'm talking about like the internet came out a long ass time. Right, but there was no one like Tequila Tequila that made their way into the public and became. Well, we never had video like that before. I mean, video and then social networks. Yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about the internet had was always a spot for celebrity to go. Like I used to look up. I think some of the celebrities have brothers and shit like that. And there's like Ricky Lee Travolta, John Travolta's brother. Mm-hmm. And so he has a website. And I was like, there was a lot of funny shit on it back then, but nothing like there is now. With the content and the audio, there's a sound. You can go to SoundCloud and YouTube. I mean, yeah. And people are putting up, nobody had the devices either. Nobody had flip video cameras. And so it was a whole new age of when you introduce the small camera that's when it's and easy to upload with a uc a usb connector might just right in immediately yeah. hd phones it's... and uh so you didn't have to have that technology available to just a regular guy so now that they, you know, I mean, it's easier to launch a video and look how when shit goes viral i mean a lot of people are talking about the voice yeah. Yeah. And Antoine Dodson, I mean, that's yeah. a lot of fucking money to buy your mom a house. I don't care if it's in Alabama. Or well, yeah, it, it was really because money. of that song, those guys who created yeah. that um, that auto-tune song. The guys are very talented musicians. Sure, you know? and then just auto-tune. I mean, auto-tune's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Every time he... Yeah, you, you heard Carl Sagan's auto-tune? No, but have you heard that um, the... Uh, I think it's the Woo Woo song. It's a local news in uh, San Francisco. And um, they, I guess, their people are putting uh, these mufflers on. Oh yeah, that go, yeah. Woo, woo. yeah. And uh, they go down, and it's yeah. local news auto tune for that. So that's hilarious. It's all anything auto tuning the news is funny. Yeah, you can't deny it. I think GarageBand's pretty amazing too. The that the program where you can pretty much make your own song pretty can easily. You, don't they have programs like that for your phone now? Oh yeah, yeah, iPhone? absolutely, absolutely. Like there was, I don't know if we ever talked about. It. There was this uh, back in the day in MySpace. Somebody linked uh, one of my songs on their uh, MySpace page and uh, like stole it from my web host. And so, like when you went to their MySpace page, it automatically played oh, a right. song from your show from my yeah. show. So I, what I did is I took 
that file and took it down and then uh, made up a quick song in GarageBand about like, oh, Stacy from, you know, Hollywood, California, I want you to suck my dick and made a whole song just about how I wanted to fuck this girl and stuff like that. And I replaced that <laughs> song, that file with the original file so that when people went to her MySpace page, it just started playing that That's song. That's great. Yeah. It, and that, I just love, I don't know how that, why I even thought about that, but it's a pretty funny video. It's yeah, That's funny when you can think, do that with hot linking. And yeah. speaking of MySpace, I think they, yesterday, they went officially really just downsized. Yeah, they shut incredible. off Germany. MySpace Germany <laughs> well, is dead. Somebody my, tweeted me. MySpace yeah. cut all their employees like three months ago. Like half of their employees they cut. Jordy. And then they just did it again. Jordy, yeah. Yeah, Jordy was with, and now is lucky that, you know, he's with Comedy Central. But, uh, right. They, yeah, he was working. Remember, MySpace comedy was thriving. I'm sure you did one of those secret shows, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did yeah. one of those secret shows. I'm thinking about deleting my MySpace live on the air. What do you think? Let's do it. Shut do it. it. If they're going to cut, shut up and ruin, you know. It's funny how we did it with, uh, I think. I forget who we did it with, like Jason Tebow or something like that. Somebody deleted their MySpace the other day live on air uh, on an old on podcast. Jesus Christ, I can't even come up with one original idea. And, but watch how many steps it is. It's pretty hilarious. I, it was Ari. Ari did it. And it's a it, lot of steps. It was like three steps. Like they make it really hard. Like, are you sure? Are you, you yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> are you still have people on it trying to talk to you? Very, 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 very few. Almost all of it is Mine's just, completely dead as well. Yeah. Yeah, we, you want to go into mine? We can shut mine spam. down also with a dual. Yeah, dual one. I paid some money to have mine tricked out, too, at one point. Sex. Yeah. Did you have glitter tags? <laughs> I don't know what he did. It seems like you would. Probably. This is a fake email address. I can even say it. Yeah, so if you want to delete your MySpace now, too... We could have a double MySpace, and I'm going to keep they, mine now. They hide this motherfucker. It's not easy. I don't even know where to go. Um, here, I'll tell you guys where to go. Hold on. Um, More. Delete MySpace. I can't even tell you. I don't even know if I know my password. Yeah, it's time to let it go. You know what I mean? It's like that girl that you dated 10 years ago, and her phone number is still in your book. Right. Throw that shit out, son. Move on. Um, it's in your book. Listen to me. Your book. Who has a phone book anymore? Phone books are worth nothing. Fuck you and your phone book. <laughs> Wait, I want to write it on paper like some caveman. They're good for standing on. Yeah, why don't you just give me some burnt sticks and I'll use it to carve the fucking numbers on a rock. How to delete. I Did you do it? it? No, I can't even. You can't even figure it out? Oh, there you go. There you go. Is that me? All right. If you decide to delete MySpace, what you do is. More? Um, you go to my account. And then, uh, where's my account? Uh, it's under more. My stuff. My stuff. <laughs> account settings right here. Account settings. And then you. It go looks different. I have to give them that. Yeah. yeah. It looks different, look, but it doesn't look my, better. Looks, that, that logo is so space. gay. Yeah. Should we give them a chance now that they redesigned everything? Mm, no. Damn, Al. We committed <laughs> to this, bro. Are you sure? We've committed to this, man. They, We're they changed everything in here. It looks yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's look, all white. It's basic the logo. details. We remember remember those bad settings. Remember the oh, it constantly had those horrible fucking ads for like cancel it, account. Here we go. You know, trying but to I don't click cancel a, account. shoot a smiley face it. or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. It? Brian, it's not just cancel account, right? It's delete it. I want to delete Where's that? No, you want to cancel account. Where's that? Yep. Cancel. Yeah, we're sorry after. you want to leave. Please let us know why. To say because you can here. really help us improve MySpace. There's not an it's over bitch option. There's board, board spam, privacy, and email. I'm gonna go with spam because that's the one thing that annoyed me. Where is it, Joe? Where's the cancel account? Cancel account. Um, under settings. Under settings. You go under account settings and privacy. 
Account settings and account settings and cancellation comments. Thanks for the love and the laughs, but it's over, bitches. It's not down there. Yeah. Uh, oh, there, there, we go. Go. there we go. Privacy. But it's. They do hide it. They hide it below yeah. the fold. Yeah. And then just gotta keep on scrolling down. And over, get... bitches. Um, and you know what's even pisses Cancel me off. account, hoes. It's over. My request has been sent. You will receive an email shortly uh, with instructions for confirming that stay. you have to cancel. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> oh, cancel Why won't you just let me walk away? See, that's what they're this doing. It's like a divorce. Now you have to go to your email and yeah. click on a link. Mm-hmm. It's like a divorce. So do it now. Because they don't want to. Pre- they want to pretend they have more people on MySpace. Board than they do. spam. Do it, Joe. Privacy. Continue it. Okay. Finish right. him. We're finish you, you know what sucks is that Facebook just today has forced their new profile on all the Facebook. Book accounts, what is which their new profile? sucks ass. Really? How, how come? Because it high. All right, when you go to Facebook, at least how I do it, I, the first thing I like to do is like, hmm, is this person single? Is this, you know, look at their photos. Now they've hidden like the single part, and it's just like this really shitty. Like it look, it reminds me of a MySpace. They, they've they've moved it all around, and now it's just. Oh, you can change everything. There's actually companies that do that. Um, somebody just hit me up from a company to customize my MySpace, uh, my Facebook page, yeah, and to make it look all tricked out. Yeah. Well, now that they, they 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 used to I let you know. go Yo, back. Um, that's what we talked about having to have a marketing degree to be a good stand-up comic. Right. I try. I got two kids. I work on them. You know, like I, I really. I told you about my situation. You have a website though. You have I a website. website and I have that's a Twitter. All you need and to do I have is keep Facebook. doing what you're doing. I'm in touch. If somebody emails me, I'll definitely get back to the it. Twitter. By the way, is Al Madrigal. A L M A D R I G A L. Exciting stuff happening. But so, you should yeah. say it. Madrigal. Especially if you go on before Willie Barcena. You don't even say your own name, right, bro? How many followers do you have? Closing out on 3,000, not too many. We're going to blow that out of the water today. Yeah, let's monitor. Here, I can't. We're going to jump you up to 5,000, you fucker. Al has been canceled. Really? You got that kind of reach that I could just jump? 2,835. Please. You know what? If I get people to sign on, I will. I'm a funny guy. I'll start putting funny shit out there. I'm at war with my neighbors right now. Are you really? Yeah. What's what's going on? Well, I just. I'm surrounded by old people, and I'm surrounded by these three guys. This isn't a bit. This is real. Three, Three guys named Phil. I go, old Phil. Really old Phil, and then Filipino Phil. That's how I like... Uh, Filipino Phil is my ally. Which one makes your banana cry? The Filipino <laughs> one? <They're, laughs> but the other guys are That's constantly the new thing com- now. complaining. Banana cry. Yeah, it's going to be the new thing. Do you, want, do you want me to make your banana cry? Mm, yes. So you, you talk about this on stage? <laughs> yeah. Oh, i got to see it a bit. So anyway, I'm sorry. Phil's- so I'm surrounded by old people, and um, it's Eagle Rock. It's an up-and-coming neighborhood still. And uh, there's a lot of cool people that live near me. But at the same time, I was just surrounded by old people that are in my business. I went on my roof to clean out my gutters, and it's like they all assembled below me while like I was conducting some, you know, double ARP meeting, and they're like, and they're all in my business. And like, I had at one point, I had three cars. I still have I have three cars right now, and then I have I got GM was nice enough to get me a Buick Encl- uh, Enclave, right, for the holiday, and let me use that. Um, it's just we'll like perk through the PR department, well, and nice. this thing is awesome. And I, uh, it's really is fucking an incredible vehicle. Anyway, so that shows up. So I have four cars, and the old people are stopping by constantly and go, "Do you feel it's economical to have three vehicles?" And I can't help but just fuck with them and hate them. Wait a minute, they and ask you? Oh, I have people in my shit constantly about my hedges, 
my, I mean, and there's a guy, old guy who walks his dog by my house every fucking day and is so in my business. Like, it's stop. If I even show my head, he'll stop and start asking a million fucking questions. And so you live up here in this community where it's nice and there's not, I mean, your neighbors aren't on you. Uh-huh. I have neighbors just on my ass. That sucks. Dude, I'm so not into that. Yeah, no, it I sucks. don't even like this. I lived in the woods for three months. <laughs> when I lived in Colorado, I was at, I was it was the perfect here. place for me. Oh, I was, when I was driving up, I was like, "This is this is how you do it." Yeah. Like, uh, I have old people on my shit, and then also, you know, it's sort of a little gangy ish sometimes. So, really? like somebody will ride a mini truck, will go, you know, down the street, and you have that guy like driving by with the uh, really fast for no reason. You uh, <laughs> worry about that with your kids, the gangy part? Well, it's not. How old it's your kids? A, gang adjacent. It's not really. Yeah, it's not it's, right in the shit. It's but like it's close enough where it's going to become an issue in their life if they well, walk around. Well, yeah, if you you can definitely stumble down to the wrong area and just get any well anywhere you can get caught at the wrong time. But here it's highly unlikely. You know, yeah. fucking. I mean, I have a more realistic chance of running into uh, some bad people in my neighborhood. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I worry about my wife being alone when I go do stand up and shit like that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I know that feeling. And even yeah. with household shit, if anything breaks, or you know, we've had stuff where I've been on the road doing stand up, I travel all over, just like not as much, but I, you know, I go out a fair amount. And uh, yeah, my wife's home with two kids, and luckily, you know, we got Filipino Frank there. So tell me ally. how what's what's your issues with your your war? Oh, let's try to come and trim my shit. Like you know what? how you have uh, hedges. Yeah, my dog was running out and barking the other day, and my neighbor was secretly trying to trim my fucking hedge. Wow. Why was he yeah, trimming your hedge? Just old and drunk and crazy. Like just so. Wasted. When you, did you talk to him? Um, no, I, my, they put it, brought over a letter. See, I, that's what I'm talking about. I feel crazy about this. I'm like, you want a war? I'll bring you war. <laughs> God. I didn't say that, but war. that's how I feel. Honestly, I like, they will get all pissed, bent out of shape if I, I'm not talking to a neighbor for two years because over parking. We had construction people over our house and the Latino guys parked there and he came running back to the old guy and fucking started yelling at the Latino guys to move their car. It's a public street. Anybody can fucking park there. I'm at war. Wow. Yeah, I won't even talk to the fucking guys. I like suburban I, war. It really is. People ridiculous cling shit. their turf, and yeah. the, the real issue is people are not supposed to be on top of each other like no, this. No, they really. And this not. is nothing compared to out. apartments, man. Apartments are where it's really brutal. Right on top of each other. Dude, I, I had about... an apartment in North Hollywood where I had a pool table. Okay, and I lived on the second floor, and there was this crazy gay couple that lived on the first floor, and he was like the landlord too, or the uh, what is it called, the the superintendent. Super, yeah, or so, landlord. You know, he was always. He, controlling things and wasn't hit he didn't own the building but he ran it so um i had a pool table installed in my living room i had a big living room and the reason why i got this big living room was because i could get a pool table i wanted a pool table in the living room right so i had it installed then he comes knocking on the door what is what's going on in there? there's a lot of movement there's a lot of movement up here <laughs> and i go oh i got a pool table he goes you're are you jumping around are you working out or something i go no 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 i just walking around the pool Trying table to fort, look in yeah, as he's talking making to shots yeah and he goes, okay, I'm going to have to ask you to not do that when I'm home because it's just like I'm in the living room and all I hear is creak, 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 creak. <laughs> and I'm like, so you're saying that because of the structural instability of this shithead fucking apartment building, you don't want me walking in my living room because it's annoying? Yeah, and I started changing my wireless password because they're right on top of you, right? Right. So everybody in my, so I changed my wireless, now my network name. 
I can change yeah. it to anything I want. Right. So I put like Weed Your Lawn. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. I changed my network. And then they look <laughs> on like, are we Link Sis or fucking Weed Your Lawn? Hey. Hey. hey so, son of a bitch. Yeah, quit trimming my fucking hedges. Oh, one. that's great. Wow. Shit like that. That's so, funny. They try to steal off your fucking wireless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That's creepy when you have neighborhoods, man. There's always that one kid that lives down the block that's going to steal your fucking shit sure. when you're not looking. <laughs> yeah. It was someone has some troubled sixteen-year-old, troubled yeah. youth walking yeah. around. Always, man. Some, yeah. some my friend of mine got his fucking bike stolen. Some fucking kid down the street. I saw this kid just sure walking up the block, just walking up, just you know, just looking around, not doing. I was like, "Where's that guy fucking going?" Yeah. You know, he's walking up right. Nobody's first of all in L.A. Very few people without a dog walking. Right. You know, <laughs> and they don't have you know yeah. chicks have Lululemon on or something like that. You know, they're dressed in outfits. I mean, when you see just a lone fucking thug, it's like seeing an ant just away from the rest so of the fucking So important ants. to live in a nice spot. So really important is. to live in a quiet spot. Just try to find a quiet, nice spot. And that's why but so people many people go to the suburbs. You yeah. Know? It's like you go to downtown Cleveland, it's yeah. shut down. There's yeah. nothing there. The Every single store is released and shit like that. I couldn't find a department store. I, my wife sometimes helps me pack. No underwear. So I go to buy underwear in downtown Cleveland. Not a department store. No. It's like Walgreens wow. or Brooks Brothers. And that's Cleveland's the only scary. two little things that they had. Cleveland's weird. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody moved out to a quieter place. Columbus. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, it's also the, the jobs disappeared, right? Isn't yeah. that what happened with Cleveland? Well, well, Some plants got shut down or something? Yeah. And Detroit. You know, people went south. I went to Columbus and Cincinnati because just, I mean, Cleveland used to be bomb, the, you know, the yeah. biggest uh, city in Ohio. It used to be like the flats. It used to be the place to be the cool, the cool part of Ohio. Now it's scary. Never been that improv down there. That's a real dump. The yeah. Cleveland one, I think yeah. I did it once. Well, they have it's. They just gave out so many passes. They completely ruined the room. That's what a lot of comedy clubs do. do is that just the quality? They're just giving out passes. And so they the give out free passes. So the tickets are free. So they're selling booze and, and the tickets have no value. A lot of places yeah. believe that they're in the liquor business, not the comedy business, and they just want people inside drinking. So they well, I see their point, man. You got to yeah. keep the fucking wolves away. Sure, you know, it's like for a lot of these places, like in the middle of nowhere it's it's real hard and a lot of the comics that are getting shipped down there are terrible yeah how many times have you like been in a club and you look at the lineup you're like what do they got going on here and you read their calendar and you're like oh, oh shit jesus yeah. fuck and you just imagine these poor people having to come and sit and watch this some kid told me a quote that was i was working with he said he was at a show and this comic was so bad some old black lady yells out you're ruining my free passes <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, that was the best fucking <laughs> thing that sums everything That's up. Hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> You're ruining my free passes. That's hilarious. I got this for free and I hate it. <laughs> this is horrible. That's so funny, and that's why a lot of you know, like people get people. You know, when you're a, a like comedy promoter, you do free beer. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always got to be something else that will justify that I can move. Yeah, it's a tough fucking business, man. Any sort of bar, restaurant business, owning a pool hall, anything like that, night, night, any nighttime business, those fucking things are hard, man. And when times are tough like they are now, the economy gets shitty, and then it becomes, you know, like, then they, they really don't want to go out. They don't want to take a chance to just go see comedy. You know, if, you know, they know someone is going to be there, you know, Bill Burr's in town. Oh, okay, let's go see him. You know, I know who he is. Yeah, Stan Help has that joke that he used to, and I was like, how many people are here to see me? How many people are here to see comedy? And yeah. then half of them reply. And it's like, you don't do that with anything else. You don't right. go just roll into, you know, yeah. 
yeah. too many things. And it's also, I, you know, I've said this before, but I'll say it again: is that the, the real problem is the generic label comedy. It's like you don't go to see live music, not knowing if you're going to get Barry music. Manilow or Guns N' Roses or you know a rap band, you know. But with comedy, you could get that. And you could get that all on the same night. You can get like five different comics can go up at the improv and they all have five different, totally different acts. And sure. Yeah. John Reap and Eddie Griffin, maybe. Yeah, you know, exactly. Just, just the polar <laughs> opposites. Uh, Bob Oshak, you know, just these drastic, you know, differences. You know, Bob Oshak can't call into the store anymore. Really? Yeah, they, they told him he's too old. Why? So Are you going, serious? But yet, then, then his, what's his name still can go there every day? Yeah, uh, he's got his thing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. Because uh, Bob Oshak is uh, a very funny comedy writer and a very funny comedian. I mean, you should look him up. He's like, incredible. And also, when you, very you sit guy. and listen to the guy, like that is a perfect talk about alliteration yeah. and the story. Yeah. And, I mean, just he's, got a, he's a great character, top notch. Yeah, he's, he would be a great talk show host. He was, I think, for a while. That's when he moved to Florida, and he was working on one of those Good Morning shows as the when field was he doing correspondent. This? He moved away from L.A., I'd say, three years ago. Really? And once you go be a... You can type in Bob Boshak on YouTube and see him as a morning correspondent. Wow. wow. And so that fell apart and, and they came back to L.A.? And it was some big gig, and they just moved back to Los Angeles. Yeah. So Bob Oshak in the morning or whatever. Does he have kids? And yeah, he has two kids uh, about the same age as mine, you know, in that eight and four range. I can't believe they're telling him not to get spots. Did he play uh, David Letterman in that old movie? About no, him? no, no, no. But he always he has this look about him, like yeah. where he really looks like a young Dave Letterman. You he was voted by do. Oprah, yeah. to be one of the top. I mean, speaking of Oprah, and then we were talking about that's how we first met. Was over some old Oprahs uh, watching. Well, we did stand up together, and we went up to my house and just sat there baked eleven years ago watching old Oprah footage. Yeah, we were doing bong hits in Al Madrigal's couch, watching <laughs> Oprah from like the eighties when she had big hair I was and like, shit. Do you think she's rich or did she have plastic surgery? What's happening right now? Why? <laughs> we're just sitting there, and I think there were people around us, but yeah, me and you were just sitting us. watching the Oprah. Like there was a little bit of a. Yeah. Gathering and people were talking. It was your brother and I think your your wife before she was your wife and some other one other person. Yeah, a couple of people and so we're just completely focused on this old Oprah and And we were barbecued and you know how when something you're barbecued something like all of a sudden like why have I never seen it like this before? (laughs) It was so strange. It was like we were watching like an alien film. It didn't even look real. Anyway, Oshak was on Oprah and touted as one of the next great comedians. And nobody knows comedy like that bitch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what her whole new network's about. Watch out, Comedy Central. Yeah, own, it's own. Yeah, yeah, it's like the white version of Def Jam. What? Mm. <laughs> um. So nothing on Oshak. You didn't find any. Uh, we don't have to pull them up. It's, oh, it doesn't yeah. matter. That's right. It's, it's just another sure. one of those stories, you know. Another, we, another story. It's been the interesting thing about being a, uh, a comedian and living in L.A. is watching the whole, you know, the whole story of humanity unfold for many different people and many different players, and they all just, you know, they they take their part in the game and they all go through it, and you you get to watch them, and a lot of them you get to learn from too. Just yeah. learn from their fuck ups and learn sure. from. Even you can successes. sort of pick the path that you want to go. It's like mm-hmm. choose your own adventures. Like, mm-hmm. am I going to be like that dude, or am I going to end up like that dude? <laughs> yeah. And then you get to go, am I going to go into the cave? Am I going to yeah. choose to go to space? Like, mm-hmm. you have to make choices along the way. And if you fuck up, then you might go off in some other positive direction, mm-hmm. but not necessarily. I mean, there's, there's a lot of choices to be made. I've been on, like I was talking about, I've been on fucking six pilots or something like that at this wow. point since I've taught, you know, we've met. Wow. And not one of them has really taken off. It's been weird. And one of them could have taken off immediately. Yeah, you, you know? could end up like... You, you know, could like, get super duper lucky. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say you were lucky at all. I didn't I was lucky. News, news radio. Look, there's no no doubt I was lucky. Uh, the first two things I ever auditioned for, I got. Yeah. The first two shows, I never, I didn't go on like a bunch of auditions, like a lot of actors. I auditioned for one thing when I was living in New York. I got it. Came out to California. That got canceled. I auditioned for news radio. I got that. Bam. No acting experience at all. It's total luck. There's no no getting away from it. It was just I was in the right place at the right time when they were looking for stand ups on sitcoms. That's all it is. So it's a lot of luck. You know, I could have had the same thing as you. It could have been six different pilots and nothing happened, or it could have been one. And, and they Ray Romano I was a actually had that part before you did. You talked in about news that. radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he had it, but I didn't take it from him. I took it from the guy who took it from him. Aha, uh-huh, that's even better. They decided somewhere along the line that they were going to go some in some different direction. And, you know, meanwhile, it turned out to be the greatest thing ever for Ray Romano. Fuck News Radio. I mean, Ray Jesus, Romano made yeah, like right? $800 right. million dollars or something. We saw him the other crazy. night. Did you, do you know him? Yeah, no, real well. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, he was uh, seemed like incredibly humble and yeah. cool. Yeah, he's a very cool guy. He's as down to earth as possible. He hasn't changed at all. He's the same guy. And uh, he was talking about something that I can totally relate to, too. When I was, we were at the taping of uh, Paul Provenza's Green Room, he did it uh, the night before I did it. And by the way, kiddies, I had a conversation with Mark Maron. We're both going to do each other's podcasts. So yeah, I think it'll be good. There's no real beef there. Yeah, this is a big Twitter issue. Yeah, but uh, so anyway, um, he g- yeah, people keep asking me to do it. And whatever. No, Long story. That's why with the other thing, I don't want any beefs. I hear with you. Anybody. Oh, I hear you. It's, it's distracting. Fucking, it's it's, a, it's a waste of time. That's all it is. Yeah. It's a waste of time. And you really think about a pride and shit like that. Yeah. It's like shut up. I'm what a who? who yeah, gives just this fuck? go to work. You yeah. know, it's like the war. I just want to do my shit. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I'm exactly the same way. Anyway, um, Ray Romano was talking about how, you know, you know, uh, even after all these years, uh, I do these shows. It sounds like Kermit the Frog. Kermit, right? Kermit, yeah. he, he said even after he does uh, all these years and he goes to does these shows at the Mirage in Vegas or wherever he goes and, uh, you know, massive fucking crowd. He said he still feels like a fraud. Imposter. Yeah. Yeah. He feels like when he gets he's stepping out there that all these people are. Sure. Uh, I think he goes, I think at any moment we're going to just turn around and just point a finger at me and go, you're a dick. Oh, yeah. We don't really like you. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that is what it feels like. It's a, it's a weird thing. Like as you, you know, do comedy all these years, and you know, and people are there to see you, and they're all psyched up, and they're cheering when they're bringing your name. And as you're walking to the stage, you're like, "What the fuck this am I even weird. doing?" Tom Papa told me uh, great stories about that. Like uh, he'd worked to sell out comedy clubs, and then he started selling out some comedy clubs, and then he moved to the smaller theaters. And then, as a guy in a smaller theater, he didn't take a moment to go. This is it. I'm in the smaller theater. He started thinking about getting in bigger theaters. Like that was his really like, are we filling this one? Okay, we're filling this theater, and then we're going to move to a bigger theater. You know, he wasn't satisfied with the little theater. You know, where I'm thinking, oh, my God, if I can get to a theater, I don't give a shit what size it is. (laughs) Yeah, that's like the jump-off point for comics. So you always want aspire to theaters. theaters. Yeah, exactly. Theaters are a lot of work, though, man. Sure. It's a lot of work to try to sell them, unless you got this giant following, you know? I was on the road with Mitch Hedberg, and he tells told a story about him and Lynn trying to think they could do a theater on their own, and they didn't need a promoter. <laughs> and they, it was sold out at this comedy club forever, and they were just going to try to do it, and he said it was an absolute disaster. Really? Like half full, they lost money or barely broke even. Well, they probably didn't have the internet in full effect back then. No, not at all. I remember Mitch Hedberg's website was bunk. It was like, 
like looked like somebody put it together out of Netscape Navigator well, build a website uh, page. You know? Greg Shaley did that. You know Shaley? He no. goes around with Stanhope. Yeah. No. Yeah, Greg Shaley did that website. Yeah. That's why. This is a terrible website. Yeah, right? it really is. I mean, but it's an older style. Yeah, and it was they never old. Changed it. It was There's old no shit. updates going on there. Right. And so he didn't have like a regular blog, or he didn't have a message board, or so it's hard for to get the word out. You gotta yeah. have a lot of shit going on. Yeah, yeah. A lot of different connections. Well, now there's also so many different applications that you can use that allow it. You know, the communication to be just you know it's a lot easier. Before you're doing, you know, just emails if you're doing that or some sort of weird email newsletter with asterisks, you know, as a separation points, you know, it's not, <laughs> there's a lot more out there now. It's easy. I mean, you got to be a fucking marketing major to do all this shit. I got Twitter. I got to keep track of all this stuff. And then you're talking about tricking out fucking Facebook pages and we just deleted our MySpace pages. It's like staying on top of this shit. Well, it's got to become a part of your life. Man. It really does. It and really I love does. the fucking news stream. I did that with, um, I was in. Um, Dallas with Hal Sparks, he dropped by. Hal Sparks was here. We we had him on the podcast. Yeah, he, we had a really surreal thing. We were at a strip club, that strip club, the Lodge. You know that place, the no. Lodge. Where's it at? In, In where? Dallas, Addison. Dallas. And um, there was a monkey there. Wow. So it was me and Hal and a monkey and okay. fucking did strippers. It was really fucking weird. We went to dinner with that guy's radio uh, show, uh, Big Dick Hunter. You know, okay, yeah, yeah. The Dallas good, guy, Richard yeah. Hunter. Yeah, yeah. he's a good guy. And so we were there, and his wife works at the lodge, which is a great strip club. It's, we were talking about being, you know, strip clubs being seedy after you have kids and shit like that. This is a really fucking nice one. It's top notch. I mean, right. that's the thing is like the <laughs> higher quality. I seem to enjoy everything luxury at this point. <laughs> yeah, but right. Yeah, I want everything to be top notch. I've seen the best hotel room, you know, and shit like that, and everything is going to be held up in comparison to that at this point. Once you fly first class. It's difficult to fucking go on a Southwest flight crammed in in a middle I know. row. You don't think, realize how things can be nice. Holy shit, everything can be nice. And the same thing is true with strip clubs. You know, like there's the bad ones where you're in, it's disgusting. Like you said, becoming a germaphobe, you know, and I'm thinking about all these other dudes. I was in Tempe <laughs> and I was, it was early on in my comedy career. I went to a strip club during the day. That's what you do. Check right in, right during the day. And by the way, you now have three thousand one hundred forty-eight followers. That's amazing. That we uh, just gave you like four hundred followers easily. Bam! Boom! Like that. You guys respond. Who does the dynamite? Like it. Respect. I'm yeah. sorry. So you went to a strip club during strip the club day, during the day, which and is I, never a good time. Never right? a good time. Well, I remember going to a bachelor party, and this strip club was one of the best places. It's like fantasy sequence. Two girls at one time. It was half off beers, half off lap dances. Whoa. Or five lap dances for one, or some crazy thing where five I five lap dances. No, for it one. was a dream sequence for a strip club. Wow. Perfect uh, ASU chicks, well before being married. And I go in, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I go in there, and um, the during the day when I was by myself, old guy just in the corner in a wheelchair, and this girl, he's a regular, and this girl who's really hot goes up to him and starts rubbing on him, and I was looking at her before. And she starts like, he's, hey, John, how are you today? Did you get the grilled cheese? And like having a small talk. Uh, and she spends like 30 minutes with him and then comes directly up to me afterwards and goes, do you want to dance? Ooh. I go, I looked at her and I go, no, absolutely not. What the fuck? You see what you just did? You just rubbed up against death uh, and I'm going to fucking get a lap dance? It's disgusting. <laughs> so I'm saying this place, the Lodge in Dallas, is actually really fucking nice and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that place. Not like the place with the old lady. There's a tricky thing, man, with old dudes, man. Old dudes, like, they, they get taken at trip clubs all the time. You know, they become, like, a, a part of the landscape. 
when Eddie Bravo used to be uh, a DJ at a strip club, I used to go and visit of him. Of course he was. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for years, for like 10 years. That's awesome. And uh, I would go and visit him at work, and uh, he had, uh, like, you get to know the ecosystem of the place. You get to know how it works. Yeah. And you get to see, like, he was uh, dating this girl, right? And uh, the girl was over by the DJ booth, and I'm talking to her. And I'm like, yeah, so what's going on, blah, 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 blah. You know, we're just talking. She's talking totally normal like this. And all of a sudden, this guy walks in. And the guy had, like, a postal, postal worker's jacket on. So he's not a guy who makes a ton of money, right? Has, you know, works for the post office. Post office. So he comes in. He's got a, you know, baseball hat on. Looks like he's probably about 50. And she, she all of a sudden turns it on, and I saw it. And it was, like, it was shocking. It was like when you see your cat kill a mouse for the first time. You ever <laughs> see a cat kill a Just mouse? And you love that cat. But all of a sudden, bang, that cat is yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. this mouse up. And it's, you're like, whoa, you evil bitch. Like, I yeah. never knew this about you. Well, you know, I'm talking to her. She seems totally normal. And this guy comes in. She's like, hey, baby. And she comes running over to this guy, and you can the see voice. this poor fuck is just smitten. He is just so sad. She's like, oh, my God, you're here. And she puts her one hand on his lower back and one hand on his chest, and he's got his arms around her, both of them clasped behind him. And she's, like, rubbing up against him. I'm like, whoa, I'm watching I'm watching a victim. Yeah. Like, she's going to inject him with venom and suck all the money out of him. <laughs> but that this really guy is- had bought her a truck. He bought her a Yukon Denali. She was having problems with her car, so he bought her a fucking car, an expensive one, one of those super luxuried out Denali's. They're like just like Cadillacs, like Escalades. No, it's just as nice, but just with trunk space. Yeah, dude, it was it was the craziest thing ever. I was watching it. It was like, whoa, like this is like, but this is nature, man. This is this is just as just as natural as any other thing, you know, just as natural as a a bug that gets caught in a spider's web and gets zapped with venom. And well, and and also marriage. You know, a lot of these guys married way too early. I mean, just think back then they were getting married to 20, mm-hmm. 25. So they're trapped in these relationships. They grow into the different people. Right. There's no wonder there's so much divorce. So then you're trapped with this woman who just becomes fucking nasty. And then mm-hmm. they get those mom haircuts. So they all look like they have that little lesbian mom haircut about <laughs> yeah. them. And like denim jeans mm-hmm. and all kinds of fucking weird mom jeans. They give up all together on their bodies. Mm-hmm. And then he can go to a strip club and be with a 10. Right. And all it costs is maybe $22,000 after you get that car wholesale. Like <laughs> that. <laughs> And here he's got this 10 that's just all over him on a regular basis. That was his, apparently, his modus operandi, this guy's thing, was to come there after work and just hang out. And he would hang out for hours and hours and hours and just give this chick all of his money. Mm-hmm. Like, literally gave this chick all of his money. Every day it was like a new thousand. Thousand here, thousand there, thousand here, Yeah, I can never there. do that. That's another part with strip clubs is I'm too worried. Like, I started thinking, like, if I took this money and went to Osh... I could get. I really Oshkosh? think about. Yeah, what is no. Osh? Osh? Uh, Orchard Supply Hardware. Like, oh uh, god, yeah. house supplies. Yeah, oh, that's I get that. I, I do. I'm, yeah, stripper, I gotta work on my place. It's stripper, my stripper money. Stripper money cuts into be, my home. Yeah, that's mad money. That's like I'm. I'm. A, I'm. You know. That's. I'm a ball. Seriously. Yeah, taking it and throwing yeah. it away. Let's throw away all this money. Yeah. I think about that all the time, even if it's uh, going out drinking or something like that. I'm like, shit, I just you know I went out to eat and I spent you know sixty dollars. I could have went and bought a. You know, yeah, fucking groceries. Right. And up. I hate that. Yeah, shit. you can get I like the best steak ever <laughs> yeah. at a supermarket for like right. twenty bucks. Yeah, not even. Cook it. Not even. Yeah. twenty bucks. Yeah. Well, if you so, get a, a big fat thick one, aren't they like twenty bucks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steaks 14, are like twenty 13. bucks. Well, that's like also is like riding the wave of these comedy careers because sometime point you can get like look at like a guy like Elon Gold, you know, mm-hmm. the comic. He's always mm. been on shows. He was on that show Stacked with Pamela Anderson. He was on, you know, he's been on sitcoms. He's got four kids. Wow, does it really? Yeah. 
He's got an impressionist. If you look like Elon Gold, Seinfeld, and shit like that, he uh, does a lot of good. Impre- he's a very good impressionist. Very he funny. Does guy. Good impressions of comics. Yeah, he's he's very funny. Anyway, yeah. so he like is on these shows. Then the shows go away, mm-hmm. and he has to sort of ride it out and save as much money as he possibly can. I'm in the same boat. It's like I got a deal, mm-hmm. and then I have nothing, and that you know you. Have- well, the key is to keep the stand up going so that you always have something. Yeah, you know that if your stand up is strong and you headline all over the country and you get a big following and you know especially develop an internet presence, then you don't have to ever worry about things. Sure. Because you always got money coming in, and you can always always sort of hustle. I mean, I'm not making a ton of money doing stand up, um, yeah. but you can. I can make a living. Mm-hmm. I can definitely make what somebody that guy in the post office. But you could. Make. But listen, right. you could be making a ton of money doing stand up. You have the stand, the comedy chops. It's just a matter of getting your comedy out there to more people. Yeah, that's it's the not thing. That you I mean, don't have a great product. No, 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 no. That's the thing. If people come out to see me live, it's it's nothing but good shows. Uh, Bill Burr, I talked to him a lot, and he told me it's killing in obscurity. He goes, 2001 to 2006 was my killing in obscurity phase. He goes, I was just crushing it everywhere you go. Nobody knows who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. And then it just starts to snowball and snowball, and you get on this thing, and that thing happens. And it's just getting the people in the notoriety to right. have people be familiar with your shit, and then you know it'll just all start to fucking happen. Yeah, the key is just to keep doing comedy. When I was on uh, news radio, like I was always constantly getting encouraged by people to not do it anymore. They were like, well, a lot of "Why do comedy? You're you're on you're a you're on a, you're an actor now." You're look at like a Paul Reiser, who's just could have been you know Seinfeld kept going. All these guys, Ray Romano still does stand up. Kevin James, I think, is still going out. Reiser doesn't do it at all anymore. Reiser just stopped altogether. It's like, thank God. You know what? Working with Helen Hunt for ten years <laughs> crushes every comedy instinct you have. <laughs> every day, you're probably like, "What the fuck am I but doing for money?" <laughs> I mean, Michael Keaton was a stand up. There's all these yeah. actors that mm-hmm. just. Keaton. Michael Keaton yeah. was. I, don't, I haven't seen any Michael Keaton stand up. Batman was a stand up. <laughs> what happened to Michael Keaton? Stopped. He's still working. in shit? No, he's working. He's For a long time, though, he stopped. Wow. He Did stopped. He? Yeah. He, uh, he dropped Night off and, and, and became off. like this uh, kind of like character actor guy. He went from being like this main movie star to like a break, and then now he's a character actor, which is really kind of a fascinating yeah. transition. Well, he was in the movie The Good Guys with. Um, the other guys with uh, Will Ferrell. Uh, Will Ferrell. And, yeah, I didn't see that. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. He's really funny at that. He, yeah. He's bringing up uh, That's TLC funny. references. That's uh, <laughs> it's just weird that you know he was he was a giant movie star at one point in time. Remember the the he clone was movie? Fucking Batman. Yeah. Three, yeah. Three men and a baby. Remember that? Was he in that? Wasn't he? Tom Gutenberg was in that with uh, Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg. Sorry. And here's uh, a Steve Gutenberg story. Steve Gutenberg. You know he's lost his mind. And he, he uh, yeah, and he used bad. to be another one. He used to be a big movie star, and now the guy can't get arrested. He doesn't do anything. Well, the day Phil Hartman was murdered, Steve Gutenberg shows up at Phil Hartman's house. And he didn't know Phil. I mean, if he knew him, he knew him, like, casually. Like, right. he didn't know him like I knew him or, like, you know, someone who worked with him on Saturday Night Live might have known him. Right. He barely knew the guy. So he shows up with a fucking suit and tie what? standing in front of Phil Hartman's house um, and acting as like a liaison between the entertainment industry and the press, and trying to ask the press to uh, to use respect and to use good judgment. No and way! To leave, yeah, wow. to leave his family alone this trying time. And the way he did what it was what a Weasley move. It was so creepy, dude. It was so like this poor fucking guy. Like something happened. Like he blew, he blew a fuse or something. Hmm. Something. Some. He had a. He must have had some sort of a breakdown. Because the idea of him even doing this was he to, his neighbor or anything? Or? No. Oh, nowhere near him. Wow. There was a, f- a few famous neighbors, too. He lived down the street from Sam Adams. Oh, not Sam Adams. The fuck? Samuel um, Jackson. Jackson. Sam yeah. Adams. 
Sam Adams, the fuck's wrong with me? I mean, he had a bunch of famous neighbors. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, someone saying, hey, you know, let's, this is my neighbor, please leave him alone. He's a guy who just shows up and he says, the, the cameras are going to be here. I'm just going to get on camera and I'm going to speak for the... And he thought he was like, yeah, it's some sort of a message. But the real message that everybody was getting out of it was like, why the fuck is Steve Gutenberg there with a suit and tie on in Well, that's the same thing. Scene? Do you remember Brian Holtzman at the Freddie Soto Memorial? Did you ever hear yeah. about that? No. Where he goes, uh, just yells out and... Um, Half you motherfuckers here don't even know Freddy. Just trying to fucking see if there's a manager or an agent. You fuck, fuck. <laughs> yeah, like everybody. Look at all you motherfuckers. It's, it's true, though. He's right. One of Freddy's friends. You never, uh, one of Freddy's friends admitted to never being a virgin. Right During the memorial, he goes, I knew Freddy would get the biggest kick out of this, and so I'm going to do it. And he goes, I need to tell everybody right now. He goes, I'm a virgin. Oh, Holtzman heard. goes up after him. And goes, first line is goes, I'll fuck that virgin. <laughs> <laughs> the place goes, fuck, it's a memorial. The place goes, <sighs> oh my just, God. Just, I mean, that's how funny Holtzman is. Anyway, so he um, but then proceeds to say, look at you motherfuckers, like all looking around like somebody's here. Uh. And then um, Joey Diaz says the best thing at the Marilyn Martinez uh, memorial went off on this guy, Jeff Valdez. Uh, I think he's just, uh, look at everybody, Jeff Valdez is there, fuck you, Jeff Valdez, you know, just fucking, you cocksucker, Marilyn fucking hated you, and we all fucking hate you, wow. fuck you, Jeff, at the memorial. Whoa. Marilyn would love to fuck, and then I'm doing this for you now, Joey, it was one of the, um, wow, I, I'm, I have my hands on my face, and I was going, <laughs> thank you, Joey, thank you, Joey. Well, is the guy like, that, oh a, that much of a douchebag? He's bag? a douchebag, you know, really? he's like one of these uh, guys who would, uh, you step on your own fucking mother, <laughs> that's what he's yelling out, yeah. Wow. It was pretty. That's it was what just, Joey was yelling at? Because he knew Marilyn would love it. That Just like that guy right. told the story, he goes, Marilyn would want me to do this. And right she would. Now. And yep. she would. I went on the road with her. I was. Only, this is weird. I, I mean, I've been on the road with Marilyn Martinez, Mitch Hedberg. This other guy um, passed away, uh, Dan Crawford, that I was very good friends with in San Francisco, which is horrible. We do a benefit if you ever do San Francisco Punchline, the Dan Crawford Memorial Fund. You know, we give a comic a free liquor light uh, a tab for the whole year. Oh, they really? Win the scholarship because this guy was just a great guy, a great partier, and he was one of my good friends. And he just fucking died. Get away he from went me. to what did he oh, die? I'm sorry, from? yeah, <laughs> Brian just moved away. <laughs> what, he move went away? to the hospital. He was a comic living in his dad's basement. Okay. And he went to the hospital with a headache, a public hospital. He didn't have insurance. He's a comic, right. 24 years old, and they said, "No, we can't help you," and they sent him away. And then he went back and says, it's really bad. you got to help me. And they gave him Vicodin. And he went back to the garage. And they found him convulsing on the floor. Because oh, he had bacteria had gotten in his brain. And if had they seen him the first time when he walked in, he would totally be alive. Wow. Uh, and he was just a comic. He was a guy, kid without health insurance. So, I mean, if, if anybody's up in the Bay Area, when I'm doing the Dan Crawford scholarship thing in March. And we raise money to give to like a free and How would clinic. they find out about the date? Twitter? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely put it out on Twitter. Okay, so Al yeah. Magical on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Wow, man. You so know. that shit happens all the time. So I've been around all these guys. That, I mean, and Greg Giraldo. I've do you been know about? With, um, you know? Did you know about Jerry Red Wilson? Did you, did you know Jerry Wilson? You know, I heard that happening, but I didn't know the guy. Jerry Red also... Wilson is another great guy. I knew him from the scene in New York. Really funny guy. Just a real a lot of ethnic humor. Irish kid. They call him Jerry Red Wilson. Gets a pilot. His uh, pilot's in the middle of shooting. I think it it went. But it did got canceled. Anyway, he's, the kid's he's always working. He's in the mix. 
and um, he's got a headache. He's got some fucking problem. He goes to the hospital, and he's waiting in line. I guess he's waiting in the, in the waiting room for like an hour and a half, and he can't take it anymore. Fuck this. I'm getting out of here. And he has to go to Hawaii to film um, the uh, Fantasy Island, the new version of Fantasy Island. And by the time he gets there, he's so fucked up that he dies. He had meningitis. Yeah, and he had like green shit leaking out of his ears. He had yeah. like some serious fucking infection Seriously. in his brain. You and need he to just find let a it place. go. You need to find a place where you can go get checked out. I mean, yeah, there's, uh, there's well, he had money. That's the problem. Yeah, he, he just but would, he just ignored the shit. He was, you know, he was one of those impatient guys. Fuck this, I ain't got time for this. Let's get out of here. You know, he had a his career was taken off. He had a million things going on. You would, he was one of those guys. You would talk to him, and he was just so obsessed with it. He was like, "Well, we got a deal right now with Universal. If that doesn't get picked up, we got more." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was just like hustling and fucking, hustler. Yeah, yeah, he was making it happen. So for him, that hour and a half sitting in that waiting room was just killing him. So he leaves and he fucking dies, you know, shit. And you're not supposed to fly with a sinus infection. They tell you that all the time. You're Mm -hmm. not supposed to fly with that shit. I flew flew once when I had pneumonia. Uh, I've flown when I've, because I got to get to a stupid gig. Yeah. And I just, I'll fly. When I go to the Pacific Northwest, it feels like my head's going to fucking explode. Wow. So um, you you do that shit all the time. And you, I mean, you got to, I sometimes I get a little overboard hypochondriac a little bit. Well, you know. I got sick for the first time this year in fucking years. I haven't gotten sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I slacked off. And here's one of the reasons why. I take a lot of probiotics. I drink yeah, like yeah. kombucha. This kombucha tea. It's fucking super good coconut for your health. Coconut juice is healthy. Coconut juice is great too. But what happened with kombucha is they got in trouble with Whole Foods because their, their shit was more than one half of 1% alcohol. So it has to be labeled. So they watered the fuck down. They watered their formula, like, like seriously watered it down, alcohol, where yeah. it tastes like shit. It does not yeah. taste near. It's GT's kombucha. It used to taste awesome. It was like very carbonated, very strong, and I, I really enjoyed the flavor. But then it became like this, like, it literally it feels like it's half water and half what it used to be. And I just, I think it's not, it's, it's not nearly as active, like the, the probiotics in it. I don't think they're, they're nearly as strong. So I got sick, like for the first time ever. Do you really think that's why you got sick? Yeah, you know why? Uh, absolutely. This is why I think it, because I've never been sick before, and I've been drinking that shit almost every day. So it, it changes within a month of it changing. I go and I get sick for the first time. I, um, I, I really think that makes sense. I went to a vitamin shop, and I walked in there, and I was deathly ill. And I said, what are you selling all the time? That works for immunity. And I stuff flying off the shelf. What is it? And he took me to a thing called Sambucol. Black elderberry shit that you drink and there's pills for it. Hmm. I would take that on a regular basis whenever I get sick. Cleaned right up. I mean, yeah. it really does work. It's, there it's really are definitely probiotics. And what they do is they attack all the negative shit in your body, all the unhealthy bacteria. You know, it's like you're keeping healthy troops on hand. Acidophilus is a big one. I hadn't taken acidophilus in forever. I would see that. The reason why is because I was drinking this kombucha all the time. I was like, I don't need to supplement with acidophilus. I'm getting plenty of probiotics from this. So then once this stuff went bad, I started taking acidophilus again. Now I take acidophilus every day. It's in milk? Yeah, it's it's a milk culture. Yogurt. You can buy it in pills. You can buy it in live form. You have to keep it uh, refrigerated. You know, but it's... uh, you know, especially as you get older, man, you start being real cognizant of your health. Yeah, start I started thinking uh, about it. I go more. to a gym, and I was I've been trying to go every single day. I kept my re- resolution is holding up so far, and I, even if I can just go for a little bit, I get my heart going and I stretch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can just trying to keep everything in shape because I'm all you know. Get if you old. don't talk into the microphone, dude, your voice oh. varies. Oh, is it significantly? Okay. Sorry, I'm looking at you at That's the same okay. time. No, I'm yeah. sorry. Let's turn so we don't have to do that because it's like your voice is like real low, and then all of a sudden it's real high. So the people on the 
ecliptical machine right now with their headphones in. I'm like, this fucking sure. Al Magical. No. Tell them where the mic is. Sorry, that's not dis- if it's yeah. a See where the sign is, where the the words are? Yeah. That, that's the part we should talk ah, to. Ah, perfect. I was on the top of it. You were ready, dude. <laughs> you were right there. <laughs> anyway, so you go to the gym. Yeah, take, taking better care of myself. I feel like I could, when I saw that UFC fight for the first you time, ready? I felt like I could fucking get, get in, there in there and there. fuck somebody up. I certainly feel like I have the mindset for it. Like, I really feel like I could kick somebody's Look, you're ass. you're a killer. I used to fire people. You know that was my job when you first met me, is that I, like, up in the air with George Clooney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to be, I'm a, I'm a, I terminated over a thousand people. Wow. Really? Yeah. I'm just like, that was my job at my parents' family business is that I used to f- be the fucking hatchet wow, man. You got some negative Whoa. karma shit going on. Well, no, they deserved it for the most part. Wow. So, but sometimes you had to, you, it's an unfortunate time. It's like, it's not, it's like a privilege to be working and having somebody pay you. If you had a fucking employee and you didn't have the money anymore, there's nothing else we can do. It's, there's a bunch of different ways of looking at this economy being all fucked up. And I, I see some people who are very pragmatic, look at it like, hey, you know what? These jobs, these jobs that these people are losing, these, these jobs weren't important in the first place. These motherfuckers, you know, we lost all our jobs overseas. And what we need to do is strengthen our economy. And this is just a, a symptom of a bigger evil. I see that. But an individual one-on-one basis, man, whenever I think about these people that are going broke and people that are losing their houses and people that don't know what to do, especially if I think that they're dumb and that they're, they're, you know, their they're occupation options are limited and then they have children and shit, too. It's like, fuck, man. These poor fucks were led to believe that this whole thing, that this ship was going to sail. It's going to be fine. Well, also, it's what you were talking about with stand-up. If you just <clears throat> decide to check out and work, and you're just like, you reach a $30,000 job, and you say, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is all I need. Right. My father-in-law did that shit. He's the type of guy who would go and sit in a big recliner and get like a thirsty two-ouncer and just mm-hmm. fucking sit there and watch TV. Yeah. No aspirations to do anything. And he plays golf, but so people are fucking like that. There's and so a lot of people like that. A lot of people like that. You just become complacent. You're like, this is good right here. I don't know if it's bad. I think there's a machine going on, man. I think we're all little pieces of this fucking giant machine. you know. And I think you can look at it like what you're doing is very important and that what you're doing has meaning to it. But really it has meaning to you and it has meaning to the people who like it. But what is, what is its place in the overall grand scheme? I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, these people sitting there with drinks, they might be onto something. <laughs> they might be onto something. The guy who was the bouncer just yeah, sat yeah. there with that the power guy. and no job. That guy was not onto something. I don't, I don't believe that. I think that guy needs to get a real fucking job. Certainly, we need all super more, genius. Yeah, we need all the super geniuses. Tell people not to puke on his shoes. Yeah, Come working on, on good projects. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no hats. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> are you super genius? Yeah, no hats. Yeah, no hats. My favorite is like they tell you how to wear your hat. Like no hats backwards. Like I like wearing yeah. hats backwards. That's how I wear. Especially because when I play pool, I can see the balls better. Sure. I don't want a big fucking floppy bill. But I went into a pool hall once, and the guy's like, "You got to turn your cap around." Like, what? You got to turn my hat around. Like, really? That's your rule? That's sloppy. And hat around in front ways. Oh, that's fucking so much better. I look like a it's gang a member. Gentleman. Yeah. Especially when you wear it up high mm-hmm. a little bit. Oh, the other thing was no wallet chains. Couldn't have wallet chains either. I had to put my wallet chain in my Whip pocket. Somebody. Choke out. Gotham, yeah. Gotham Comedy Club. Remember that? Did they have, have no wallet chains? No, no uh, new hats allowed at Gotham Comedy Club. I'm like, this yeah. is a comedy club, and they were still getting it on me while you were filming there. And I'm like, no, yeah. I'm with Joe, and they still were like, ah, can you take it off? Wow, 
Come on. That's so silly. What looks worse, a hat or a hat head? Definitely <laughs> hat head. Yeah. Well, who's getting offended by hats? I, I mean, it's one thing if you're wearing some crazy fucking Phyllis Diller thing with feathers and no one can see behind you. Fucking Charlie Chaplin was the last person to be offended by a hat, you know, or somebody back in the day where they take off hats every time you eat. Sure it is. It's sort of a three stooges, like, you know, they invade the rich people's party. Another one of my favorites is when you go somewhere and they say, your shirt has to have a collar. Yeah. Like, oh. We talked about that before in the podcast. Or it's like in a, a lot of parks in L.A., it says, a big sign says, no soccer, no parties. And like no soccer, no parties. Why not just say no Mexicans? <laughs> Please, Mexicans yeah. elsewhere. No soccer. Why would not you not want right. soccer? I guess yeah. people are trying to have picnics. Right. And you're can fucking you play football? Soccer. If you're white, I think you can sort of do, do whatever things. you want. But whatever if a Latino want. soccer game breaks out, which they've been known to in Los Angeles, they uh, stop it. They stop it. No, That's thank hilarious, you. man. It's yeah. a fucking park. Is it? They, are they thinking that they dominate the park and they make it unsafe for whites? I have no idea. Well, they I'm just sure. live there. I know. I don't Old get it. What's wrong with it? at the top of that. I mean, he's making that. Is decision. that what that is? That's gotta be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Trying to get, bring it back to the way it was in the fifties. Sure. No Latino park disturbance. I've watched a, a Mad Men where they just, they're in a park and they take their big blanket and they just dump the thing and shake out the blanket and all the garbage just goes everywhere. And then they just walk away. That's how they used to do <laughs> this shit. Just litter and fucking, uh, you know, in our public parks, we're just completely, what you were talking about earlier with the water really? supply. Yeah. That's how people used to rock it? Just fucking throw a Coke out the, out fucking, the window. Out the window. Yeah. So people still do that all the time with cigarettes. Do you do that, Brian? Please say you don't. No, no. I, I uh, knock the cherry off into a, uh, uh, usually I have like a can yeah. in my car, and then I just... Dude, I've seen so I've gross. seen people throw Burger King bags out the window. I honked like what? I mean, I I, did, right. I don't know why I honked. I just fucking honked. Right. Like, hey, that's fucked up. And a big hand came out and just went. Yeah, Pfft. of course. Yeah, there's a lot of cunts out there. We're for Samoan teenagers. And, you know what uh, I see a lot, man? I see and, fucking Priuses, those Toyota Priuses, and then I see the person driving the Prius flick a cigarette out the window. I see that shit all <laughs> the time. Save the earth. I, I, I mark it down. I see it so many times I mark it down. I've seen it seven times. Wow. That's crazy. Seven times over the past three years that I've been looking for it. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's definitely something that, that people do in other states all the time. Sure. And then yeah. in California, oh, yeah, yeah. they don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. People do it less People are here. littering yeah. quite a bit in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. yeah you littering. don't even think about it in yeah. Ohio. That's just what everyone does. Like, I didn't get it until you, when I first moved out here and you you got mad at me because I, I flicked my cigarette on the ground and you got mad at me. I'm like, what? It's just a cigarette. And then you were like, pick that up, Brian. Blah, blah. I'm like, never heard anyone tell me to pick up a cigarette. There's a lot so of people. In, <laughs> where I mean, do you think the cigarettes are going. There's a lot of people burning, burning trash in their backyard as well. Like, that shit's happening. Yeah. That's happening. I mean, I'm sure people are listening where that's commonly done or you have. All right. Well, all this douchey behavior. How do you stop it? What the fuck do you do to, to change people? What do you do to turn people around? How do you what do you what do you do? You just got to just concentrate on yourself. I mean, yeah. you can volunteer or yeah, something and try to help. I mean, you could go the extra step. I mean, if you can't control your own shit, first of all, like my wife is recycling. Like mm-hmm. everything, I get yelled okay. at for not putting something in the fucking recycling. Yeah. Okay, but meanwhile, some Chinese guy down the block is burning a tire. You know, <laughs> it's fucking what the fuck. I mean, how am I supposed to like really care that much? It gets separated out. The homeless people are coming by too in my neighborhood and rooting through everything. Really, they're like sorting it. It'll get 
sorted out eventually. Shit. So, like, anyway. But how are you supposed to care? You can only worry about yourself. And that's the same thing with stand-up. And, like, that's what we've been talking about the entire time. So, right. But as a whole, if you looked at the human race or looked at just the, uh, the human race in America, you know, the, the ones that we understand, the culture that we understand. Sure. How the fuck do you fix it? How do you fix this culture? Is everyone getting organized to fucking one common goal of living in harmony and like in a safe and clean environment? Right. I mean, there'd be no crime and shit that like guy that. guy throwing Burger King bags out his window and giving you the, the finger. finger. How do you connect to that We're guy? We're fucked. I don't think there's any way can, to connect to that guy because that guy <clears throat> maybe was brought up in a house where he was a homeless kid and didn't have anything. He's got this horrible fucking life that, you know, and to what him. What if he's just a douchebag? Just a fat douchebag oh, and his dad's a fat douchebag? I've got all kinds of things. Like, when I see people on pay phones, I'm like, there is no reason why you shouldn't have a fucking cell phone. What if you're broke? Point. No, I'm just talking about, like, there's, I mean, <laughs> they're giving them away. And, like, if you're broke and you're on a pay phone, it's used for something illegal. Tap every single fucking one of those and just arrest those fucking people. <laughs> Seriously. That's I mean, funny. That could easily just be broke people, dude. Or if someone <laughs> loses their phone. 40 you, ounce? Like, you're, you're sound like an elitist. <laughs> a 40 ounce? So a 40 nothing ounce? Nothing good has ever come They're great. It. If you want to watch Superfly and review it, they're the best thing yeah, to drink. all right. No, I did that once with a buddy of mine. We watched Country Club. What is that? Country Club is another one. Yeah, what is it? It's another malt liquor that's actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. We had Old English and um, there was another one. Um, fuck. Mm. Um, I forget what it was. But there's a bunch of those that are only, they're really marketed. Something King Cobra, I think it was. Yeah, King marketed King for the black community, like straight up. You know, the smooth farms. taste, it goes down easy. Like, the, even the way it's written, like the ads are written, True. it's just like, just straight to the African-American community. And when you start drinking that stuff, those are so strong. Yeah. They are so strong, and you don't give a fuck. You drink that shit, mm. you don't give a fuck. I used to drink Boone's, is that what it's called? Like, Strawberry Farm Boone's? Oh, there's Night Train. Is that I mean, dr- there's, yeah. What is that? Boone's it's, Strawberry Farm? It's like a sweet wine. Yeah, it's it's like, like a sweet wine that was like marketed to taste really good. Grape yeah, wine, like grape juice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grape, grape juice, juice for purple black drink. Yeah. It really is, yeah. Like, a, yeah. How do you fix that? How well, there's fix- also Cisco and all that shit. I mean, just really high alcohol content. Yeah. Well, you know that loco for loco. Do you hear about that one? I had They're it. They're pulling it off the market. New oh Year's. yeah, they, yeah they somebody it. had it on New Year's at that Willie Boyson show that I was talking about. I took a shot of it. I, I was gross. up all night with help, uh, heart palpitations. Whoa! Oh, I really shit. felt like it was the four loco really fucked me up. I've heard wow. people died off of yeah, it. Yeah, a couple yeah. of people are. Yeah. It's a band, and uh, somebody had a big-ass can, and you go, Al, you got to try the Four Loco, it's banned. Oh, And I go, I'll just nice. take a sip of it. It's, it's banned. You only took one sip, and it jacked you. Dude, I feel like it fucked my whole night. I had the Whoa. most surreal wow. New Year's Sacramento punchline. Uh, it's in a strip mall next to a sleep train, and I <laughs> at the uh, um, How About Arden Mall. It's in this strip mall, which is a... Barber College. You've been to that place, cell haven't phone, you? you? A cell phone store, a yeah, mattress yeah, yeah, store. Yeah, yeah. It's just in a strip mall. Yeah. At the upstairs, next to big mattress store. Right, right, right. All kinds of weird shops. Red Lobster next to a Tony Roma's, next to an Outback. Like, right. just nothing. Right. And I'm in there on New Year's, and people had paid $50 a ticket to go to this New Year's show. And it was a good show. I mean, I, I really I didn't get up there in half-ass. Right. $50 a ticket. But it was weird. I mean, spending your New Year's in... A fucking strip mall yeah. dancing. Some guy wore Dom Perignon at a strip mall, and he's trying to show off in front of his girlfriend, and a fight broke out because somebody spilled it. Wow. Oh, really? Like, it was a whole weird, and I was filming the whole thing. I was filming this <laughs> old lady. Flip. I really was on my flip. I'm going to add the video. I'll make sure I put that on Twitter as well. But, um, people came up to me. He's like, are you filming our mom? 
And I go, no, I'm not filming your I sort of was filming their mom. Right. Not really. You couldn't make out who it was in my flip camera. Right. And then the kid who's the son of the mom who was dancing, who was dancing really fucking funny with this young Latino kid, and she was old, and this Latino kid was just dry humping her on the dance Whoa. floor. So I'm like, this is my New Year's. As, you know, like, what a horrible fucking New Year's. And uh, they came up, and the guy says, I've been looking for an excuse to kick your ass the whole night. Oh. I go, where the f- why? Where'd that come from? I haven't fucking done anything. Like, it's, it was a horrible fucking New Year's. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> Sounds better than mine, though. At least yours? you were outside of the house. You stayed in? <laughs> oh, yeah. Brian had a fight with his girl on New Year's, man. Yeah, my girl left me. This girl left him on New Year's, man. You, that same girl we were talking about? Not only does girl leave him on New Year's. Trashy she... vixen. It's a long story. Long story. That's not cool. Well, we don't have to, we'll have to play that Prince song again. No, I, trust me, it's for the best this time around. Last time uh, she yeah. broke up with him, we had to play the Prince song. I got a broken heart again. I got a broken heart again. Do you really feel bad about it? No, I don't feel bad at all. You know what it's like, around. man? This is what I described it. This is the same way I describe people who are douching you on the internet, that it's like a little bit of snake venom. Yeah. And a little bit of snake venom gets you immune to snake venom. Right. So that snake, after it bites you three or four times, after a while, like, hey, get the fuck out of here. You're not poisoning me anymore. She yeah. Was, she was one of those relationships where, like, we would break up and then, you know, something happened and then I would take her back just because I know how broken she is. And then this third time was just, like, so quick and fast. Like, like we started dating again. The next thing I know, she's almost moved in. She's talking about getting married. And, like, this is, like, in two weeks. <laughs> And she just got out of a relationship where this guy like cheated on her or something like that. And it was the most intense zero to 60 in two weeks. And then one day, it was just out of nowhere, she just started going crazy, picking fights with me out of nowhere. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Next thing I know, she, next day, she's tweeting her ex-boyfriend like pictures together. And, like, like, I'm like, are you, what the fuck is going on? Oh my God. And I keep on finding all this shit she left at my house. And one of the thing is, is like she had a memory card in my camera that she must have used in my camera. And the funniest thing is, is like pictures of her and this guy. And then the next day, pictures of me and her. It's like, like doing life. exact same poses, Fine. like arms around each oh other, God, you know, like hilarious. having this. And it was like two days. It was actually it's like two you're days photoshopped days. in over that other wow. guy. And it yeah, doesn't matter. Well, yeah. you know what it is, and this is I, this is how I describe it to you. There's some people that are addicted to that charge of an initial relationship when someone is just in love with you. Right. Yeah. You know, when you meet someone, man, and you you know you fucking really click, and you're hanging out, and you're fucking like four or five times a day, and you're just kissing all the time, and you can't wait to see. Him. Right. That's like an intense fucking, you know, True. intense romantic thing. And then I got when, married. Yeah, it works that way sometimes. Yeah. And then when you're in a situation where, let's be quite honest about this, the girl perhaps might be a bit above you on the food chain. Right. Not a lot, but a bit, right? It happens. Well, then, yeah. you, then you're stepping on eggshells because yeah, you're afraid sure. of offending her because you're in the situation where you're like, Jesus, I don't want to fuck this up. Like, yeah. this is the greatest thing of Sweet all time. This is so perfect. She's got the perfect body. This Not going to find amazing. another one of these again. I'm telling all my friends, dude, look at this picture. Can you believe I'm fucking this? This is insane. Wow. And so then, you know, you, they get a, addicted to that really intense part of the relationship where you're just enamored by them. And then as time goes on, you get comfortable with each other 
mm-hmm. and then she becomes your girlfriend. And when she becomes your girlfriend, then you just kind of like lackadaisical around each other. You don't care if your hair's fucked up. You don't care if your breath smells. Right. You know, you, get, you pee with the door open. Yeah, you, you don't give a fuck. Hot box each other. And she doesn't give a fuck either. And so, you know, it, it becomes some weird thing where you just get real comfortable with each other and you don't fuck as much. And then some other guy comes along and that other guy shows the same potential for being the guy that's yeah. so in love with you. And this right. is it. It's supposed to be about us. We've had some problems in the past. We're going to fucking stick together forever for till yeah. death. We're going to have babies. Yes. And then the, the rage is on again. And it's just this mad fucking crazy dash from one person to the next. Who can provide the next charge, the next beginning of the relationship, thunderous, you know, orgasmic type of a, a interaction. And that sucks because I've gotten to the age where I totally know that, you know, and, <laughs> and so I am like, this person gets hurt and I'm like, you know, I want you to know, I can tell you what happened to our relationship and, you know, we can really work this together and I'll do these stupid take girl back for, I need to, I need, I don't know. I just need to stop. No, you know what, man? I need Listen. to stop dating girls and How old start are you now? dating guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. You know, and like all the shit that's at my house and I'm like, oh, wow, a sock, a bra. And I'm like, I need to date guys because then they can leave things like, oh, Gillette sensor blades, mm-hmm. razor, mm-hmm. or, you know, like all the, a video game. Oh, he left me a video game. I hate the shit that, that, that girls leave over How old past you? relationships. 36. Oh, that's good. How old are you? 39. Oh. See, I thought you were way younger than me. <laughs> yeah. um, I think, uh, you know, look, it's it's hard to find someone that you fucking jive with all the time. Sure. And sometimes people can keep it together for long stretches where they really are the perfect girlfriend. Right. For like two weeks, this crazy bitch really is the perfect girlfriend. She's a lot of fun. She wants to cook. She's hilarious. She cracks jokes. I'm, I look forward to seeing her. And then after that two weeks, the fucking crazy comes out. And after that two weeks, it's what am I going to do for a living? And what am I going to do for this? And what happens when I get old? And what am I going to do when I'm 50? And fuck. And sure. you know, these licks are not going to last forever. I've got to have a strategy. i got to figure out what. I want to date a blind deaf girl. <sighs> no. Really bad. But you got to date, dude. <laughs> Ready for this? Yeah. You got to date civilians. Civilians. Okay? You got to date civilians. Peeps. Absolutely. Yeah. My wife's a you're first grade teacher. Bingo. Wow. Perfect. Teachers. Civilian. Listen, you are, you're a creative weirdo, okay? And if you're dating another creative weirdo, she's going to be just as fucked up as you are, but in a way you can't understand no. because she's going to be a woman. That's what the hardest part about living in California, though, is because 90% of the population is out here to be mm-hmm. in the same entertainment industry. It's true. No, there's it's a true. lot of regular nights. So I know a, uh, some of my wife's teacher friends that are very single and uh, really? available. Yeah, mm. They're tainted. They're tainted. tainted. They're out here. Yeah. Listen, they know how magical. He's probably <laughs> Wait, fucked them all. Are we, are we going to Texas oh, yeah. anytime soon, Joe? Are Dude, we, we to gotta move, you got to move to Colorado with me. I'm moving back. Are I'm you really? I'm going to move back. Yeah. I, I want my kids to be raised in Colorado. Texas. I don't, want, I don't want my kids to be raised in California. I think this place is just, it hums at too high a frequency. Are you it's in too a nice area? Yeah, yes. that's and true. And I want to go further out. I want to yeah. live on a ranch, dude. I like living in the woods. Yeah, that's I, what I live. I want to live by a lake in the woods. I like to be around nature. I want to wait. I want to see deer that if shit goes bad, I can shoot those bitches and eat them. That exists. Why don't you go out to Palm Springs or into... That's a desert, man. No you, know what's in the, you know what's out there? Meth and gay people. What about Arrowhead? <laughs> what about Arrowhead? Okay. That's good. That's a move. That's, That's good. a possibility. I know a lot of I'm people have to arrowhead yeah. to places, and you can get here quick too. Yeah, two hours. Yeah, yeah. I might um, look at like getting maybe like a vacation house someday in Arrowhead. That would be the shit. And you, I just I want to. I just like living in the woods, man. I loved. I loved living in Boulder. I loved. 
the idea that I would see like fucking deer every day driving home, that there was eagles flying overhead, that yeah, the but sky those same was deers crystal. that you see every day is going to jump in front of your car and you're going to yeah. fuck deers. And like, yeah, but you, you know, know what? Just get a big ass bumper and you're good. <laughs> I didn't what even, about your I didn't wife? even drive my car. Yeah, that's the problem. The Mrs. Rogan's not so fucking good at driving in snow. Yeah, and well, why even move somewhere where there's snow? That's why you should go. But to also, Texas. if you go on the road and you sort of strand her out there in this cabin, things, right? You know, well, that was that was part of the issue. And then our dog got eaten by a mountain lion. That, that's that fucked was, up. The real thing that sent us home though was that we were 8,500 feet above sea level, and uh, she got pregnant. And when you're that high above sea level, if your body's even if you're living there your whole life, the kid's still gonna have to go on oxygen. No more kids, it's Joe. Like scary. No more kids. You stopping know. off at two? Mm-hmm. I'm, my loads are still fucking devastatingly good. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Just I'll quality, shoot another one in there. Testing. It's him. hard, man. Just taking care of two little babies at the same time. You know, one two and a half, and one nine months old or seven months old. It's tricky. So cute, It's the greatest thing in the world. Oh, people yeah. don't. I always tell people that kids and mushrooms are very similar. And then if you've never experienced it, if you never had your own kid, and if you never really done mushrooms, shut the fuck up. You really don't know. I, I used to talk about kids. You know, I didn't understand what it was until you have a kid. And the other thing that you understand is that there. Stop doing that. Whatever you're oh. doing. The other thing that you realize when you have a kid is that you change and you hit some weird new next level of evolution where there's so much more at stake now and there's so much, you 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 become a more serious person. It's really weird. I feel like a real man too. Yeah, I feel like a like, man. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not I mean, I'm still very silly and I obviously make a living. Sure, sure, shit sure, and, sure. You know, and I still smoke a lot of weed, which is also a weird thing with a lot of people. That's like they think some for some reason or other you're not supposed to smoke weed. You know, that like smoking weed when you're a father like sets some sort of a weird example or that it's a bad thing. But but, you know, I'll go, well, how come I can go to a restaurant and order a beer and nobody even blinks? You know, that's fine. Nobody says a word about that. I go and get some wine, you know, with dinner and nobody nobody looks at me. You know, they ask me if I want it. You know, if I said no, but you guys got a place where I can hit this joint. They'd be like, whoa, what the fuck? Your well, children are here. Either way, if you're you too know? baked, though, if you get too drunk, I mean, not mm-hmm. even, sure. like, say you just yes. get wasted. Of course. Or some guy's just fucking crushing it and unable to operate. Like, if I get too high, yeah, I can't function. And also, I'm really bad with booze, too. Two drinks, well, I'm you, fucking tipsy. You, you know, like, I'm drunk. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. That's good to I'm know in the future. Yeah. <laughs> you're a lightweight. You're, you're a cheap date. No, no, I am a lightweight. Yeah. So, well, no, I definitely don't. I, I don't think you should be drunk or high around your kids. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, I'm not going to change, like, who I am. You know, the, I, I don't have to, like, become this fucking straight edge person just because all of a sudden I have children. If I thought there was something wrong with smoking pot, I would have stopped doing it because I think it's bad for you. If, like, it was detrimental to my health or to my mental well-being or something, if I thought it was something, like, an issue that I needed to deal with, I would deal with it as an issue. But I don't think there's an issue. I think it's beneficial. I think it helps my personality. It helps me enjoy life. It helps me write like crazy. It is like steroids for writing. When I get high and I write, I am just, I just strap in and ride this wave that I connect to. I get high and I go into the isolation tank and I I rethink my whole life and it come, I come up with new strategies and new ways of behaving and I, I, and I have a new appreciation for everything and a new respect and love for my friends and my family. I want, I end up calling people that I haven't talked to in months just getting out of the tank and go like dude I just want to tell you man I mean we don't hang out but I love you man we're sure. friends and you know, I get these crazy conversations like, I just gotta make sure I say all these things that I need to say it, like it, it re reinvigorates me but also being a dad helps that I mean that does little, too yeah, yeah that definitely really, does I mean too. The, the combination of the mm-hmm. two things people don't realize yeah. that the, that's there is that 
you do feel like taking a step back and not taking things so seriously either. Yes. And even though I still get fired up, I keep everything in perspective yes. pretty well too. I mean, I'm not making too many fucking stupid decisions over here. You yeah, know, you get more in tune with love, you know, and that sounds fucking very gay. Super gay. But it is what it is, man. It's like you get more in tune with love. And that's honestly, that's what, what weed is all about, too. Weed is about getting you in tune with love, getting you in tune with happiness. Weed is a happy drug. It's it's about friendships and, and hugs and having a good time and laughing and giggling together. You know, it's not, it's not a bad drug. It's an entheogen. And that's what people have to understand. Everything is lumped together in this one big stupid group called drugs and included our caffeine and alcohol and then dangerous shit like heroin and fucking, you know, and, and meth and all those are drugs. But there's also drugs that literally tra- change the way your fucking mind works and in a good way. And they're here to make you like more humble, make you feel better. And the reason why people have bad trips is because there's a lot of shit about your life that's douchey, man. You need to clean that shit up. You know, why are you paranoid? Why are you freaking out? Well, you should be freaking out. Well, that's why people do a lot of drugs in college, too, when you're younger and you don't have as much responsibility. But, mm-hmm. I mean, more and more responsibility you have. And then when you do drugs, you start thinking about all that shit. That's yeah. why people tend to freak out. Sure. But if you're just more a carefree person in the first place, and the college is a perfect example, because you really don't have too many responsibilities. responsibilities. You can right. go home by yourself for the first time and not yeah. have anybody scrutinizing you once yeah. you get there. Mm-hmm. And so it's an opportunity. No. No, no real bills to fucking pay. Right. I mean, if somebody's yeah. taking care of that. So less responsibility and you can't just fucking let go completely. Yeah. But the more and more shit that you've got going on, like a daughter. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the porn thing with the daughter. Like you just sort of put, you have more shit built up. The thing about porn is, you know, I don't want to say why anybody gets into porn because I don't know. I'm not a girl. I'm not a girl that's getting fucked on camera. I don't understand. Maybe you really are a healthy person. and It's just fun for you. That's possible. Dr. Drew says no. Um, but like then again, I said I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a woman. I'm not a, a doctor. I don't really understand it. But I think uh, the ones that I've come in contact with, almost all of them had some fucked up childhood. Yeah. Almost all of them. I think it's pretty much mandatory. Yeah. There's no other way to do it, right? Right. It's like the reason why you got into it in the first place is not a healthy reason. So it's just this massive evidence. And even if you're the coolest person to hang out with ever, like a lot of them are. You know, a lot of them are really fun to hang out with. You're there's still you're this way because somebody was shitty to you. That's what so they were I talking have about. To think about that. Yeah, they were talking about that on that green room show with Paul Provenza before the one you were on. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how everybody's you know all comics dads you know or some shit like that. Like yeah, uh, there is some comics some dad shit dad shit always yeah. Like yeah. Well, you don't you don't ever become a comic or anything like that, a singer or any any anything where you're 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 asking for this exorbitant amount of attention, like this really unbalanced amount of attention. To say I want to be a comedian is to say I want to be the one with a light shining on me while everyone else is in the dark with Looking my voice me. amplified. And I want to be above them. I want to be standing above their heads. Never think of it like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. That's, that's what, what we it did. Is. You want to be above the crowd, you know? Nobody wants to do a show where everyone is in the balcony staring down on you and you're, you're one level below them. You would feel disconnected. If you didn't have that floor filled in, you would feel disconnected. It's, the whole thing is a, is a really ridiculous request. So to want to do that for a living, you have to have some giant deficit you're trying to make up for, some fucking crazy hole in your childhood. You know, and, but and not, uh, none of us really think. I don't think I have it that bad. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, it's pretty. 
you don't have to have it that bad now. And I think one of the reasons why is because you're self-healed. When you have a family of your own and you have your own children, sure. all of a sudden that shit goes away. And you don't need your daddy anymore, man. I don't need my dad to get hit in the head by a fucking meteor. Not my stepdad who raised me, but my real dad who I don't even know. Um, I, I wouldn't give a fuck. Like, I don't, I don't need a dad. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a dad myself. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Take care. I got you it. Know? Sorry. Sorry you got hit in the head by a meteor. You know what I mean? But when I was seven, it was devastating. When I was seven, like that guy, like the fact that my dad wasn't in my life anymore was just like, whoa, it was just sure. crushing. And so that, whatever sets you off when you're seven or whatever it is, what age it is, you have this, this dad issue, that's what gives you this incredible energy and desire to pursue this, this stand-up comedy thing. The key is somewhere along the line, you have to shift your motivation. And your motivation has to go from, I want all this attention to, I want to produce all this art and make people happy. I want to produce all this shit that people love. I want people to come see Al Madrigal in concert and I'm going to give them a fucking rocking show where they get all excited and sure. they can't wait to see me again. I think about what my, when my kids, I can't help but think about this. I think about my kids looking at my stand-up. Really? When they're 18 years old and looking back and seeing what I did. Are you still smoking cigarettes? No, I'm done. You're done? Yeah, you completely. Quit? I quit almost, I feel like a year ago, right around now. How many, how many times a day do you think about it? I don't anymore. This motherfucker, good. he quits and his cat hurts her foot. The cat hurt her foot. So he, was it her? Yeah. Yeah, cat hurt her foot. She jumped off the refrigerator and hurt her foot. So he got so stressed out he started smoking cigarettes again. Yeah, I mean, it's always something for me. I mean, for it's, me, it's, if it's a relationship problem or if it's my cat gets hurt problem, it's all it's all excuses. I mean, cigarettes. I even I know you you say that you're over and stuff like that, but most people when they even if it's been a year, I, I still thought about it at least once a week. Well, the, wow. the, the reason I saw actually I saw a commercial that made me quit. Wow, one of those non-smoking commercials, right. and it it was well, a great one. It said. It was there for you then. You know, you did it after you smoked in the morning, you smoked at night, you smoked after lunch, you smoked when your daughter was born, you smoked here, you smoked there. Because you did it. You tried. And you're done. Like that. And just put it, you, you gave it a shot. Like I smoked. I really did smoke, and I'm just done with it. I think if I have kids, that's 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 going to be a real big pushy thing. But when you're hanging out at a comedy club, drinking, and every single person smoking, it is almost impossible to fucking quit smoking unless you have something like a kid at home that you're like okay I'm doing anything for this, this is especially kid. when you get a couple of drinks and you're like fuck oh, it yeah, but absolutely. everybody else is smoking and you're sitting around yeah. and it's also an easy way to step away from a situation like if I'm at a party one of the best things about smoking for me is that you were in a party and I got to walk outside and just sort of collect my thoughts and be by myself right. and, fucking, and then maybe he's out there and there's cool another cool smoker guy right. and I go what's up what's up you see that chick in there or whatever yeah. it is. and so you have a tiny meeting away right. from the fucking event I used to right. see that back in Boston when they had to do it and it was fucking zero degrees zero outside degrees. and these poor junkies were standing outside these fucking queer laws smoking the cigarette we yeah. fucking can't even smoke inside anymore what's next yeah yeah, and so you just freezing. go. It's, it's the ability to step away from shit that yeah. I really did yeah. miss. That's like what I miss meetings. the most. Mm. Little tiny meeting. All little right. tiny meetings. That's <laughs> yeah. funny. So you're in a little tiny club. That's yeah. kind of an interesting way of looking. And at a it. club where you meet with the regular people at the regular time. So you see Tebow, who I'm sure you've had cigarettes with. Have oh you yeah, had cigarettes with Jason Tebow. Oh yeah, all the time. All the time. He's one of my favorite cigarette smoker guys. Exactly. So he has his regular cigarette guys that he sees, uh, and he knows if he sees Court McCown, he can get a cigarette off him. He knows if he sees this guy Renazizi used to smoke, and he just quit. So if you see Steve Renazizi, 
you can smoke to you know he's got cigarettes isn't that a part of it too that you support each other like oh, you give each other oh, you, no can no i problem. bomb a cigarette you always give the guy a cigarette because you know that if you see him and you don't have a cigarette he's got a cigarette he's gonna, and you're a good trading, a lot of trade. bartering and i always see even people do that at bars too that don't even know people you got a spare yeah like they'll ask you for a fucking free cigarette mm-hmm. like that's like saying can i have a dollar you know what i was you know? i was a take two guy because I knew he'd need one for later. I could really? take one for later. Generous motherfucker. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I did, you do that a lot? I did that to Daryl last night. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> you like a guy a lot? You see you see a Tebow? Right. I got Tebow. Here, you know what, Tebow? I have another one. I could fucking bust out three. You know, Whoa. You know, yeah, no, just put one behind the ear. And, did you, you know, uh, did you ever go the natural cigarettes route where you try really, to get those like American this. spirits? I smoked a yeah. Parliament Light hardback and I smoked a Marble Light hardback and yeah. that was it. And what happened, Brian? Those natural lights are not the way to go? They uh, supposedly are better for you because they have only tobacco in it and no pesticides and none of the whatever 102 chemicals. But I... They're taking a drag of a twig. Yeah, it's so hard and rough that I actually felt like more shit the next day waking up (laughs) on that shit. It takes 15 minutes to smoke one. Regular cigarettes are about seven minutes. Not even seven minutes. Half of it is just explosive chemicals you're sucking in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's 599 FDA approved chemical additives that are in cigarettes. Yeah. Joe was always on me not to smoke. Well, you have children, man. I know, I know, I know. You were on that. And then also, when I did before I had children. You hear that sound, ladies Or before and you had children, the volcano. I'm not doing anything. That's the volcano. <laughs> it's come alive. Volcano. It's got a request. Um, its request is to fuck you up. <laughs> We're talking about smoking. And there's a, you know, a lot of people say, well, marijuana, you know, you're smoking that. That shit's bad for you. That's not good. Well, there's a thing called the vaporizer, ladies and gentlemen. And what it is, is it looks like a UFO. And it's Jiffy Pop. Yeah, it looks like it's making Jiffy Pop. But what it's really doing is taking my ground up plant material and vaporizing it so that there's no smoke, but instead it's a mist and it's a THC mist. And what it does is it fills this bag up with this THC mist. Oh, it's filling up now. It's looking good. How long have you had I'm that? I'm liking it. Uh, I've had it for a while, man. I think I got it a few years ago. And Because um, your bag leaks a little bit. You know, a little so. bit. Yeah, what are you going to do? What That's a good do? gift idea if you want to... Uh, yeah, get Joe a new bag. That really is <laughs> a good <laughs> gift idea for Joe Rogan. I need a new bag. Does it turn off by itself? No, you just wait. Is I'll it going to pop? Look at it. No, not ready. It's not ready yet. It's looking oh, good though. This is scary. I, this is don't be a bitch. Like, like walking around with balloons and not hitting <laughs> the ceiling. It's just <laughs> it's vapor, bro. It's THC vapor. And the thing is, it, it looks like nothing. Like when you breathe it in and breathe it out, you almost sometimes you don't even think you got anything. Now you went with a clear like bag, smoke. but all bags are pretty much clear, so you can see the, the yeah, mist in the inside. Exactly. Well, they this is just the same bag that I've had for years. I'm probably supposed to be replacing that. No, that's why, bag. ladies. I mean, yeah, it is a good gift idea if you're thinking about gifting. Yeah. Those volcanoes are fucking expensive. Are they? Yeah, I think they're like six hundred dollars or something like that. Is it really? Yeah. I was thinking about getting one, and then I was like, so then, This yeah, is yeah, the yeah. this is what you get out of it. This uh, strange thing, and inside this strange thing is I don't know some fucking. You're going crazy. And that just sticks around for a while. You can use that later. Yeah. That's it. Bam, son. Pure THC. You don't have to worry about smoke. You don't have to worry about shit being bad for you. How magical. You still going on the children? Are you still going on the road? Yeah, yeah. Who do you go? You go with Ari. Yeah, Ari comes all the time. Joey, when you can count on him. You never know with Joey Diaz because he might pull a Joey Diaz. (laughs) And just no uh, show. What's that? And just no show. 
Um, I actually started taking two people on the road with me for the very reason that I never knew if Joey Diaz was going to show up. That's awesome. So Joey Diaz is the reason. What was that? Did you hear the? Did you hear uh, feedback? No. Do you hear us? Yeah. Hmm. Was that just you rustling? Maybe you just kicked something when you sat down. Maybe. Anyway, um, I used to uh, take Joey Diaz on the road all the time until we worked in Rascals. And uh, we worked in Rascals in New Jersey, and Joey just didn't show up. He just never flew to New Jersey. And he didn't answer his phone. He had a pager back then. It was impossible to get in touch with him. And then finally we got in touch with him the next day. And he's like, I'm coming tonight. Don't worry about it. I'll be there. Don't worry about it. I'm there. Don't worry. I missed my flight. I fucked up. I got stuck in Vegas. So it's maybe an hour before the show. And uh, we finally get a hold of Joey Diaz, and he's still back in L.A. or Vegas. I forget where he was. Like, I ain't going to lie to you, dog. Yeah, I was Vegas. I never got on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> just, he just, he just, whatever reason, he just decided to go off into his own Joey Diaz world. That's great. And he's done that so many times. He did that in Phoenix. He just, he just fucking vanishes. I'm telling you that um, story of him at the Marilyn Martinez. Maybe there's somebody who talked about that, but I mean, it was just really one of the best things I've ever witnessed. Him well, just telling somebody off at a memorial. Those fucking memorials, they bum me out, man. Yeah, I went to Mitch. Yeah, Mitch was, I mean, that was... I don't go to anybody's. I don't like funerals either. I don't like the idea behind it. If I want to celebrate somebody, I want to celebrate it on my own and think about their life and, you know, my my personal relationship with them. And if I, I mean, if I, I mean, it's cool with you if you want to meet up with everybody and talk about how great the guy was and celebrate him. I get it. I totally understand it. But to me, it's just like, man, it's such a personal thing. You know, when someone well, dies, I don't... when the public official died in Tucson, I mean, uh, you saw all the people, and Obama spoke. And yeah. Then, that was a lot of people. How many people were at that event, do you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a shitload of people mm-hmm. in, at University of Arizona, yeah. probably in the basketball stadium. Mm-hmm. Easily about 8,000 people. It's weird, right? And um, Well, you know, in that th- case, though, it's like those people need healing. You know, those people are devastated. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And with something that happened, like that little girl got shot, like that, that thing is so devastating. And apparently the cops had been called to this guy's house, the guy who did that shooting in Arizona. Well, they pulled they him over on the way there. Jesus Christ. Did they really? They pulled the him. There. He got arrested for, uh, yeah, he had uh, some sort wow. of violation. He got pulled over. Oh, my God. And they didn't check that he's got guns. Guns in a bag. Jesus fucking Christ. When anyone goes to load up, and he went to Walmart and bought a shitload of bullets, too. I think it's just got to be some check. Like, don't you think so? It's like, somebody just, let's take a picture and send it. I'm sure all that's being done. I don't even know. I, feel, I feel bad for the cop that pulled him over, who has to think that, you know. Had he done a little bit more of an yeah, investigation? I just looked into this. He probably had some inkling, but he's probably, you know, whatever. Leave the guy alone. Are there people talking about that? Are they people talking about the fact that he was stopped? And I never heard it. I didn't hear it until you just brought it up. That's crazy, though. The 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 photos of that kid, the the mugshot photos, looks just as bananas as anybody could look. Yeah, it can't look any crazier. Yeah, that's but that's me again with the payphone shit. It's like I would, yeah, inspect them. Yeah, well, then the other thought is that you know if you look at the whole machine of life. If you look at all these different things in life, the good and the bad, there's a lot of people that believe, and this is, you know, this is sort of a, a staple in Eastern religion, is that almost you, you sort of have to have negative in your life to recognize the positive. And the yin and yang, the reason why it exists is because that's the only way ever, anything ever gets done. And like even events like 9-11, like they're terrible events, but in some ways, they bring people together. Like, New York, after 9-11, after that, was like the friendliest fucking place in the world for oh. the longest time. Senators holding hands with Dude, the, on top of the... It was just different, man. People were... you know, Everyone was devastated. People were shell-shocked. They were horrified. But 
there was this weird feeling and air of a, a, a group of people that are all cool. Motherfucker, I'm weak. <laughs> oh, now I feel better about my text earlier. Somebody just called me once. I, I swear to God, I unplugged that fucking thing. Anyway, the, the, there was a sense of community there that and didn't it just exist. Phased away. Phased and now away. We're right back back to douchiness. But for the longest time, man, everyone was so fucking cool there, so positive. Uh, we went there, we filmed the Fear Factor, I think it was right after September 11th. It wasn't far afterward, like maybe a year or two after. And everybody was, and it was back when, when firemen were fucking heroes and firemen were just getting pussy thrown at them everywhere. L women wanted to go fuck firemen. They wanted to go fuck heroes, you know? It's, it's weird how that changed. But for that long time, so it's like almost like a negative thing, like can oftentimes inspire like this positive reaction in the opposite way. And there's a lot of people that think that all these things are in place and all these fucked up people are in place and fucked up situations to get us to appreciate the situations that aren't, you know, to get us to really, you know, to really try to be better and, and help us evolve so that we can get past these unfortunate but unavoidable situations. Where we I've heard that been people. said. Yeah, we need uh, homeless people. Without homeless people... I mean, you'd no one would, you'd have to, you need sort of somebody on the bottom. This will talk, need, well, I don't know if that's true. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. But it's also like you know, to to watch something really terrible like that sort of like motivates you to not let that happen to you. People can accept a lot of shit. A lot of things can happen to you, and you just sort of accept your situation, and it gets worse. And you hoarders. sort of accept that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hoarders yeah. are a perfect example. Yeah. And, you know, because of that, you just sort of, you just all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, Surrounded many levels shit. of accepting this bullshit in a place where you never would have just accepted it straight up right off the bat. You just kind of let it happen like that. Just and next thing you know, you're homeless. Just builds yeah. and builds and builds and your credit gets out of control and all of yeah. a sudden you're evicted and you just fucking don't handle your shit. Yeah. And yeah, you do look at that to get motivated because this is the bottom. Mm -hmm. I don't, I've seen the bottom yeah. and I don't want to be near the fucking bottom. Exactly. So that's what it is. It's like, yeah. I do not want that. When I watch a hoarder's me and my wife actually watched one the other night and this show is difficult to watch because yeah. you watch you you're right that they do gradually accept that mm -hmm. they have to shit on top of fucking capri sun boxes <laughs> or something mm -hmm. in their way and shit and yeah. it just stacks up around them and they're just shifting you know and then we just started living in one room they say that all well, the time I think, also i think then we, we moved all to this room yeah, yeah. We, we all recognize that our own brains are just as vulnerable as these people's brains Oh, sure. We just, a lot of people choose to fight a little bit harder, you know, yeah. like, and mm -hmm. just keep their shit clean. And it takes work. Everything takes work. There's life's maintenance needs to be fucking done. You can't let shit get out of control. But we've know? all, we've all gone into this weird spiral. I think anybody that I've ever met, especially anybody that's ever been in a tumultuous relationship, you go into this weird spiral where you don't feel like you have that much control over your thoughts and actions. You know, when, when guys get in like a, a devastating relationship, you get your heart broken, you can't sleep, you can't think, you know, especially when that happens young in your life, you, you don't, you don't really have it mastered yet. You don't, you don't really understand who the fuck you are. You know, that shit can send you on some kind of crazy spiral, you know? And if you go through all that and you got some sort of a history of mental illness in your family and, you know, next thing you know, done, you're cracked. Yeah. Ding. I mean, you don't want to ever accept that it could happen to you, but you you look at someone who's really devastated by by any sort of a fucking obsession like that. 
gambling obsessions? Do you know oh, gambling people? Dude, my in-laws live in Dirty Vegas, so you're out near the Air Force <laughs> Base, out and where there's all of those poker places, and it's just a pawn shop, poker place, just shut down, fast food, fast food, pawn shop, poker, 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 and you go into one of those places, like a Terribles Casino and shit like that, and there's all those <sighs> car washes, and you go into like a PJ's poker place, and you just see these just guys. You think like an Indian casino is bad. There's regular casino, really nice. Then there's a lower level downtown casinos. Then there's like an Indian casino that's out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And it's like, why would you go there? Right. And they say it's like, oh, it's a Morongo casino. It's where real nightlife is. And you go in and it's just like, like in a weird grouping of Dude, Chinese people. Dude, you're not going to get booked in Morongo if you say anything <laughs> yeah, wrong. Right. Be cool right here. There's a lot of money in Morongo. <laughs> Come to Morongo. Yeah. There's so many hot chicks and I love going to Morongo, man. <laughs> like, fucking they have these commercials that come on. It's like the nightclubs and shit like that. And it's, it ends up being old Chinese ladies in like mystical wolf t-shirts fucking just walking around. <laughs> with uh, those walkers with the tennis balls yeah, on the bottom exactly. of the feet. Exactly. It's just fucking disgusting. It's depressing shit. That gambling addiction is a strange one, man. Anybody that spouse. There's homeless people in my neighborhood that bought a car. What? I watched them be homeless. I knew they were going around collecting cans. And just one day, you know how you got your eye on the same homeless people all the mm-hmm. time? You've seen them around for a regular basis. These two, it's like a couple, frumpy looking weird white lady and this tall black guy who wears a top hat sometimes. <laughs> they start driving around in a green minivan. Fucked wow, up green wow. minivan, but they got there and like saved up enough cans like Marlboro Miles Whoa. to buy this they're sleeping car. in this van now? I'm sure. Yeah, they're, they're, cheating, in, they're cheating in my neighborhood because they have a place where you uh, can turn recyclables into money. And then every night I see them just fucking going through all my everyone's recycle bins and just taking out all the shit from the recycle bins and then selling it down the street. Yeah, that's, that's what they do. cheating. Is that that's cheating? Like, no, yeah. that's like the Marvel. That's like uh, Starwood points for homeless people. Well, I think that makes sense because one way, one way, you're not going to make any money if you just put your recyclables on the street. You're right. not going to make any money, and right. th- for them, it's like free money. I don't think it's cheating at all. Yeah, get think, out of my fucking trash. I don't want you in my trash. Somebody was telling me they well, were as long in as they a, do a good job, they a go downtown, they don't make stealing a mess. your identity. They were in a downtown L.A. like shopping mall or something like that, and they saw, um, or an office complex, and they saw one of these fountains where people throw money in the fountain, and they were just standing there going, oh, my God, what a beautiful fountain. And then this Latino family came in, just rolled up all their sleeves and went in the fountain and just started taking all the money out Whoa. of the And just, say yeah, because it's free money, we're throwing money in water. Wow. Yeah, what do you say to that? How do you like, stop I, that? I have zero money. And there's money just yeah. right there. Yeah, all, you it's like take a it. foot of water. Right, and it's like it's, <laughs> it's, right, it's a weird it. thing. Like, is it illegal to take the money? Yeah, yeah. Is it? I think so. Is no. it? It shouldn't be. No. Well, I think it's a lot of idiot. these fountains usually have a charity booked around behind it. Like the mall gives it to a charity or something. So really? I think once it's that, you're con- it's considered giving to a charity. Hmm. Then it's stealing, but there's no charity sign. Take their money. Right. You need the money. Maybe they started doing it to a charity just because people were doing it. Right. Yeah. It's like Maybe. the Mexican soccer. Yeah, sign. it is ridiculous that I, that's how fucking rich this country is. People can throw money, money in a fountain. In a fountain, enough money for food. Like there's enough money in that fountain for you definitely to get something to eat. You know, it's always quarters and nickels and there's pennies. There's a comic that uh, a Conan writer that actually does that as a bit. I'm sorry, I forget his name, but he goes. Imagine coming from another country, like where they have no water, where you have to go to a well. I don't yeah. really just out in the middle of nowhere and there's yeah. a one water hole and there's a fucking tiger there. Yeah. And then you come to this country and you go into like a place like uh, the city center with a city walk, city walk, universal city walk. Right. And there's fucking water shooting up out yeah. of the ground. And kids are fucking frolicking. Right. And then we're taking our extra money. 
and throwing it in the fucking fountain. Just yeah. like, here's our money and our water. It's crazy, right? It really is fucking crazy. It really is. Well, we don't realize how rich this country is until you watch, like, you even talk to some of the people that are in, in certain European countries where there's no resources and nothing to do. Like, there's a, there's a real issue in Italy right now with young people, like, where there's no fucking jobs. There's, like, nothing yeah. they can do. They're, you know, people are graduating, and there's, like, there's nothing. There's nothing out there. Mom's already manning the cafe or whatever it is. You know, there's no... yeah. You have to go out and find an actual You have job. to leave the country. You have to get on a fucking boat or something. You know, you got to go find your shit somewhere else. You're stuck. Yeah. And I think a lot of the smarter people said there's free land over in that other place. And uh, those, those people were nuts, man. Let's the, go. The, the idea behind that, we've talked about it before, but how crazy you have to be to be living in Europe and say, you know what? Fuck this. We're going to get in a boat and we're going to go across the ocean. It's going to take a long time. A lot of us are going to die. Yeah. A lot of us are going to die. And we're going to get some new diseases when we get there. And, but good dying is better than yeah. that shit. They weighed that out. They must have. <sighs> there must have been. Wow. Or they're just running from the law. We're a nation yeah. built by criminals sure. running from European law. I wonder how many people were supposed to be one thing when they were in Europe. They came over here. Bob Smith. That's my name. You know, just new identity. New identity. New you know? everything. Yeah. Clean slate. That's had to be a yeah. lot of it. Just wipe out a complete sure. record of yourself. Right? Don Draper, the whole thing. Yeah. A lot of them, right? Can't do that shit anymore, folks. No, that's going out of the way soon. Soon you're gonna be it. You're gonna be chi- you cunts. So where are you at this weekend now? You're gonna be chipped. Um, I am actually doing the John Oliver TV Comedy Central show in New York on Saturday night. That's oh. exciting. That's cool. You uh, and then um, I'm gonna be in Austin, Texas, oh, at the Cap lucky. City Comedy Club. Oh, my favorite club. And I'm gonna be at the Ontario Improv. I've got those three coming up. So can, it goes. Can I come with you to Austin? So John I can Oliver, steal some bitches. Oh, you need, you need chicks in Austin. Steal some bitches. Some. How confident are you? <laughs> Steal some at you. bitches. Brian's like, all I have to do is go to Austin and I'll just, you know, start a fucking harem and shit. I love them. That's women. all I gotta do is just go there. I like rescuing women from back. Austin. From well, dude, Texas. Austin is the shit. Why would it be rescuing? Yeah, you're not because dragging them because they don't want to get world and they don't want to get beat up anymore. They're gonna get in Twitter fights with your ex girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter war. How many people are having public like spats on Twitter? Yeah, it's so. Are funny. they? Yeah, yeah, relationships are broken up on Twitter. Oh, that's people hilarious. are arguing with each other. See, people are that's dating. another thing. I miss. I miss texting in my relationship, so I don't even know. It's like, where are you at? Where are you at? You know, like, I have no idea what that's about. There's a few people that I follow just because I know that they're in a famous couple and that they'll get in spats. And when they get in spats, like they'll like leave like little vague shit. There comes a point when you know that you cannot count on anyone. <laughs> Who's you know? the, who are those? When that person, I can't tell you online. I'll oh, tell shit. you when we're off, when we're off air. But you know, I follow them just because I want to hear them. And then once that point has been reached, it's over. Yeah. So there's an echo in here. I keep on hearing phones ring. I think I'm. There's no, no more phones ringing, buddy. That's my medicine. It's your medicine. Folks, this fucking show's over. Yeah. Right? Should have been over a while ago. We got to get new time. seats when we do these yeah. two and two hours and forty five minute shows. I feel no, like how is that maybe phase? Perhaps you need to work on your core. No, motherfucker. It's, it's, these are the most uncomfortable I'm the gym. couches. I feel pretty good. Couches. I'm right. He's right. Rather, um, I, I when back I got support. these, yeah, there's no back support. I'm gonna get us office chairs. That's the next one. Yeah. Those really nice ones. And that way we can move around more too. We're not married to this one spot, and we can face each other better. Yeah. Listen, folks, this shit is ever evolving. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working on some sort of a TV. To idea. look at the UStream, it really does look like a professional environment though with the mic in front of your face and it looks like you know we i mean it is a very professional setup but i'm saying <laughs> put fucking raise this shit yeah we'll figure it out yeah. when we first started doing it man we just had a laptop 
and we had like snow in the background and shit. And those are terrible ones. If you're gonna download a podcast, those first ten of them, I can't believe anybody was still listening. Yeah, <laughs> we just would get baked and just start rambling, and nobody was paying attention, so we didn't even think it was a big deal. But now there's like hundreds of thousands of downloads. You every want to week. deliver like, a quality project? <sighs> I feel like yeah. I have to. Yeah, you know, I have to make the conversations interesting. I have to bring on people like. Al Madrigal. How do we do? That was a good show. A, I had fun too. Great always, bro. You're an awesome dude. I'm, I'm glad we've been friends for all these years. I'm glad I knew you back in your salad days. That's right. You know, so I, can I have know. an album has not changed. that I just put out. Oh, what really? is it? What's it called? It's called Cholos on a Moped. Cholos on a Moped. Is yeah. it iTunes it's available? Not, no, it's just on my website. Oh, okay. Cool. It's, did they have to download it? Or can they, they download have, it? Or they have they have to have to download, no, they have to download it. And I just put in sort of a pay whatever you want. It bottoms out at $7.99 because I think that's like. That's nothing. But if people want to pay ten bucks or more, oh they really? Can. Oh, yeah. that's kind of cool. I yeah. like that. You know, I've I've seen people do that with um, PayPal links. They say if you want to donate, you know, here's what it is. There's something to that. Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. I'd rather people have it than I make a certain dollar amount. How, you know? Before we go, let me. I want to ask you about this. How do you feel about like uh, online piracy? What What is your, What are your thoughts on that? Online, dude, actually like hey. ripping a movie and then distributing or anything it to in your people. stuff. Let's just go specifically with your stuff. Oh, if somebody puts like my stuff out own... on LimeWire, yeah. takes my yeah. shit. I see. I'm at the stage of my career where I would like people to have the stuff more than I like to make. Well, I'll write new shit. Right. I'm going to continue producing. I mean, I'm just starting to write now with this, like a couple of bits that I have up that the Laugh Factory put up on YouTube, like the shit shit that I really fucking enjoy doing. So I just want to keep producing shit like that at a high quality but at some point where there's real big money to be made i'm sure i'll fucking want to sell the stuff legitimately but right i know what you're saying but for the most part i just want to get it out yeah. i'd give it to somebody if somebody kid comes up to me after my shows i always say pay what you want i don't care as long as you don't throw a fucking look $2 at you at dude me. you're like a hippie you're nah, a hippie really. socialist well i mean for the most i say pay what you can afford and what, what's the cheapest it. people give you uh i'll take five bucks because i cost three to make Wow. And so, and then if somebody, but for the most part, people give me $20. What is, so, that's kind of cool. Yeah. What is the most someone's ever given you? Uh, I had people in Tempe at the Tempe Improv jumping up and down. It was one of the last CDs, but $40, $60, Damn. I think. Nice. For, but it was like they were running out. Oh. What are you doing, Brian? What is that? I'm just playing music. Ending music. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a Chinese restaurant, bro. Yeah. Kim Trails by. Back. Sounds like the waiting area for a Chinese restaurant. Can you make it louder a little bit? There you go. February 4th, Mandalay Bay Theater. I am there with Ari Shafir and Joey Coco Diaz, hopefully. I know Ari <laughs> will show up with Joey. Twitter that fool. Talk to him. I don't know. It's, it's mad venue. flavor. Um, but uh, tickets are selling very fast. It's going to be a fucking crazy show. It's a big place. It's like, uh, like 2,000 seats, something like that, 1,800 seats. It's a new theater in Mandalay Bay, and that'll be the night before uh, the UFC. There's a link on JoeRogan.net. You can go there. There's a link on my Facebook, which is Joe Rogan, D-O-T-N-E-T. And uh, Al Madrigal, you could reach him at Al Madrigal at Twitter, A-L-M-A-D-R-I-G-A-L. Yep. In the house, yep. bitches. And AlMadrigal.com. AlMadrigal.com. Dude, thank you very much. Thank you for everything. Thank you for being a cool dude. Thank you for being a great stand-up comedian. Thank you for being the same guy that I met where we got high and watched Oprah. <laughs> exactly the from same. From 11 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much not too much has changed. Well, you you know, you're you're more of a, a dad and a man now and all that good stuff. Oh, but, sure, but, but you're I the mean, same dude. Still the same guy. Yeah, you're the same dude. That doesn't always happen that way. 
I know, and then, then you were telling me about Ray Romano. That's exactly exactly. Yeah. He's the same exact guy. He's always been a great. So guy. that's good to hear. Yeah, you, you can keep it together. Sure, you're, you're going to keep it together. I predict. No, there's no use to be all affected. You're the same thing. Yeah. It's like you yeah. know, it's like you could have the right to be some like you know affected fucking guy with people around you. And you it's a mess yeah. that fucks you up more than the, the the ego boost is a fake one. If you're a smart person, you don't accept it, and so you don't get a good feeling out of it anyway because you know it's ridiculous. It's all ridiculous, bitches. We are in an atomic soup that no one understands, and it's been going back and forth on and over from the Big Bang to the end of creation forever. And it's an endless cycle, and we'll see you next week. And Fleshlight. Holla at you, boy. Yeah, Fleshlight.com. <laughs> Go there and um, and just buy a bunch of them. Just jerk off into them and shoot your loads all over the house. They're special. They're good. They feel better than beating off. You will have long, ball-draining orgasms. Yeah. I highly recommend Highly recommend it. Also, uh, Miami Improv. Uh, fuck, I don't even know who's going down with me. Um, 28, 29, and 30. And uh, not Miami Improv. I keep saying that. Yeah. I've said that West, twice. West, West, West Palm, Palm Beach Improv. Bigger, nicer. Uh, you know why I say it? Because it's a half an hour from Miami, and I'll never work the Miami Improv ever again. It's a tough run. So I'm just terrified because it's right there. It's a half an hour away. Yeah. It's the only place where I was on stage in the middle of a show. And uh, people were so dumb. Like, I, I had some joke where I, I brought up the word Oscar de la Hoya, like, brought up his name. Yeah. And so, all of a sudden, this fucking war broke out in the crowd. With the, no, fuck you, man. Sugar Shane Mosley. Fuck Mosley. Uh. You know, and then they started going back and forth and yelling out at the top, like, it's a cafeteria. Sure. Like, who's the, the most badass boxer? And it went on for, like, 30 seconds. So, these guys were yelling back, standing up, doing these things with their hands, yelling at yeah. them. And I just said, finally, I said, I'm never coming here again. That's great. I was there and a woman's hair caught on fire and she vomited. Nice. Nice. In what order? What's that? Uh, Hair first, vomit second. (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of the show. So uh, West Palm Beach Improv, 28, 29, and 30th. You you know all that Twitter details. I have a lot of Twitter followers as a result of this. Do you? Add me. Add me, Red Band. I did. I did. He's talking to all the people out there in the world. I need to get past Taylor fucking Vixen. Shh. Brian, I can say that name. If you say it three times, she'll show up. <laughs> oh, no. Give us all candy man, candy man. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> and on that note, folks, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, Ari Shafir will be joining us on Tuesday, and uh, we'll see if we can get uh, Brian Posehn or someone on uh, on Thursday. And uh, that's it. Holla at your boy. See ya. Love you, bitches. Told me to run a lap around the world. All that time I was hypnotized while you behind my back. Now my mind keeps me up all night. Why'd you have to say my life? I should have cheated on you.